0: And we are live, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me in this Star Wars conversation. I am joined, of course, by the coach Kyle Newman. What's up, brother Seth? What's, what's up, buddy? Good and much. George, do you still want to go by Cam Newton Loftus? It's not football season anymore.
1: It's not football season. Um, it's baseball season because I think the Celtics are going to get bounced in the first like back-to-back like playing games. I'll stick with Cam. I'm still excited for football. Yeah, I'll It's stick with always Cam.
0: football season. That's a good point. So, gentlemen, this is, of course, a spinoff episode from our normal series, A Frame Skip. And we wanted to talk about Star Wars. And I wanted to have a discussion around the sequel trilogy first. Because I feel like out of almost anything... In nerd culture, the sequel trilogy of Star Wars might be the most divisive set of movies ever, maybe? I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that that was more divisive and had more vitriol surrounding it of nerd culture than Star Wars, episode 789.
1: Which is really strange to me because I think this is why you wanted me on the podcast. I think it's the second best trilogy. Like, I Mm -hmm. think it is hands down, got the second best bang for buck, like just proportion, like ratio, like the best stuff happens in that second most. Uh, Obviously, first is the original trilogy. I really can't stand the prequel trilogy whatsoever. I think it is abhorrent cinema. And I think episode one is the best of the three. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so the reason I wanted, and I was so excited to have this, was because we all have vastly different views on this trilogy. Uh, George, I know you like it quite a lot. And Coach, I know you dislike the sequels quite a lot. And I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I think it starts out really strong and then drops off pretty, pretty, uh, intensely. I will
2: say that this is episode seven is my favorite of the sequel trilogy Mm -hmm. by far. It's my favorite. And, um, it's, it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad star Wars movie. It's, it's good. And you know, we're going to talk about the good points and the bad points. So, um, but yeah,
0: well, I wanted to start out by talking about the context of this movie. Cause I feel like you can't talk about this movie in a vacuum without understanding the context and where it came out in. So the movie was released on December 18th, 2015. It's hard to believe that was, uh, six years ago. Well, like five and a half. Um, and it was the first live action star Wars movie since 2005. Uh, We had the Clone Wars movie, which wasn't great. That came before the Clone Wars series. and I I don't remember exactly what year that came out, but I want to say like 2009, 2008.
2: Yeah, it was like a year or two after um, Revenge of the Sith.
0: Yeah, I remember it it not being very well received and that kind of taking a lot of the steam out of the animated series, which is unfortunate because the animated series is great. But <laughs> you you don't like the Clone Wars? I'm not the biggest Clone Wars fan. Hmm. That is an unpopular opinion, sir.
1: I know. Rebels, man, um, Rebels is is great, but Clone Wars. I War, agree. Meh.
0: Rebels is Rebels is really good, um, especially season two. Yeah, especially season two. So I w- I wish they would have kept the more PG nature of the Clone Wars, though. I thought that it got a little too uh, child friendly, but. It's still good. The storylines are are really good. Um, But at the point when episode seven had come out, we hadn't really gotten a major Star Wars release in a long time. And I think the general consensus was that Star Wars had kind of stagnated. The prequel trilogy was not very well received. And we weren't getting much interesting stuff from the expanded universe at that point. We, We had already kind of seen the next hundred years in the Expanded Universe. So Disney bought Lucasfilm on October 30th, 2012, uh, right before Halloween. And that gave them a little over three years to come out with uh, Episode 7, The Force Awakens. And that was actually delayed. Uh, it was supposed to come out in the spring or fall, I think. But they got it got pushed back to December. And the script was completed on, I think it said, it was completed over six weeks and the script was completed in 2014 or 2013 as well. So the reason I'm saying this is because I think this movie was doomed from the start to have a lot of fan vitriol because on January 6, 2014, Disney made the controversial, yet in my opinion, necessary move to scrap the EU, uh, the expanded universe. And I wanted to pull up uh, this this Wikipedia entry here. Give me one second. Because I think this Wikipedia entry um is really telling of of why this trilogy had so many issues. The first screenplay was written by Michael Ardent. I'm I'm not very familiar with him. And then they took him out of it and replaced him with um, J.J. Abrams. And he was named the director in 2013. Um, Abrams expressed relief that the release date was announced for December 2015 instead of a previously discussed summer release. He and Kazden planned the story while walking in Santa Monica, New York City, Paris, and London. The first draft was completed in six weeks. Abrams said the film was to be returned to the roots of the first Star Wars films and be based more on emotion than explanation. In January 2014, Abrams confirmed that the script was complete. In April 2014, Lucasfilm clarified that episodes 7 through 9 would not feature storylines from the Star Wars Expanded Universe, so other elements could be included, as with the TV series Star Wars Rebels. So, there's the, the kind of the context of how this movie was developed, and I can't imagine that while the Expanded Universe is in such turmoil and you're writing a movie that's supposed to take place in that, that you're going to get very consistent writing. Do you guys see what I'm saying there?
2: Yeah. No, and I get it. And even to this day, I wonder why the the Disney execs like Kathleen Kennedy, why they didn't go to Timothy Zahn, why they didn't go to uh, Michael Stackpole. Uh, these authors that have been writing for them for, for help, for guidance, you know, because JJ Abrams, he's not a star Wars guy. He, right?
1: is, he he is a star Wars guy. The reason he took star Trek was because he said he really cares about star Wars. He would never direct a star Wars movie because he was afraid he would ruin it. Like he wants to enjoy star Wars. So that was why he directed star Trek. Cause he said, quote, I don't really give a shit about star Trek. So I'll, <laughs> I'll direct that. He's a huge like, Star Wars guy. Like he's like the he's the student of Spielberg. Like this is very very much like his yeah, jam. But the,
2: and but the thing is, is is at least with David or David Filoni, uh, at least with uh, Filoni and John Favreau, but with Filoni through the Clone Wars and through uh, Rebels, he kept it with the way that Lucas would have done it. Right? He kept it in that. Uh, in that realm, but we see that Abrams and uh, who, who's the author of the second one? Ryan Johnson. They, they kind of started to do their own thing, right? They kind of started to implement things that I don't think Lucas would have. That doesn't really make a lot of sense, which we'll talk about. Right. In a bit.
0: So I wanted to read this second entry because that's what I wanted to talk about also is that disney made in my opinion the the baffling decision to have three different directors for the sequels um why is that
1: why is that baffling the original trilogy had three different directors
0: and i know that i understand that um but the thing is that it's pretty clear to me when, when watching these movies that they didn't have any plot laid out and that was later confirmed when uh I forget which writer came out and said that throughout the whole sequel trilogy, they kept changing Ray's parentage until they yeah. finally landed on, on the Palpatine. And I was kind of, that was kind of like the big thing to me because um, as, as we'll talk about here a little later, they tease Ray's parentage quite a lot, especially in this early, this first movie. And for them to not really have any sort of solid plan, is, is 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 quite strange to me and i don't have a problem with having three different directors but at least have one coherent storyline um but was here's, here's the the uh wikipedia art uh, part that i wanted to read abrams stated that he purposefully withheld some plot elements from the force awakens such as ray and finn's last names and backgrounds kennedy Uh, Kathleen Kennedy admitted that we haven't mapped out every single detail of the sequel trilogy yet, but said that Abrams was collaborating with Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson and that Johnson would work with The Rise of Skywalker's then-director Colin Trevorrow to ensure a smooth transition and that everyone got a say in how we move forward with this. Daisy Ridley later recounted that J.J. Abrams had written drafts for episodes 8 and 9. So, I find all that quite strange because it seems to me that ryan johnson when he took over the last jedi took a curveball to to jj abrams story and that can be felt in the third movie in which jj abrams clearly gave a middle finger to ryan johnson in in the um dialogue especially with luke skywalker I, i can't see how you could see Luke Skywalker's scene in the third movie and not view it as anything other than a giant middle finger to, to Ryan Johnson. You know? Um, no,
1: it was in direct conflict with everything that he said was his philosophy in episode 8. So it was absolutely right. a giant middle finger.
0: Um, right. So that's what I'm saying. It, it seems that there was giant conflict within the, the, the writing team of the sequel trilogy and i don't understand why disney would spend so much money on star wars and then rush it out the gate for for no reason you only get to make the sequel trilogy once you know you, you would think that they would want to have a solid plan and execute that plan well because we also see later on that um, Colin Traval, tra- am i spelling pronouncing that Travorrow. right? Through he had a finished script for episode 9 and if you read through it it sounds super dope. It sounds uh, it sounds really cool. That guy is super cool.
1: I was a film major at University of Vermont and that guy lived in Burlington at the time and right when his movie Safety Not Guaranteed was coming out, he actually came in and did like a QA and a at our our class. Like that guy is super cool.
0: Yeah. Well, did you read his leaked script that came out for the Dates? I did not know. It it had a lot of really cool elements, and I'll be honest. When I read that script, I was like, "Mm, "I wish Disney wouldn't have pulled him. I wish he would have gotten it. Was able to make this because it was way better than the episode nine that we actually got." In my opinion, yeah.
1: I mean, I guess is this. Is this first episode gonna be just about like the trilogy at large or is it gonna be about no, episode no, no. seven okay it's
0: gonna be about episode seven I just wanted to frame the context of, of episode seven in the sequel trilogy before we move into the, the actual okay beat by beat of the movie all right then I will um, save
1: my episode 9 criticism for for episode nine then
0: yeah and there's a there's a lot of criticism to levy at episode nine for sure for sure um, so do we does it do we have anything else this I will I do want to say I generally love episode 7. I think episode seven is a, gr- a great movie, a little too similar to a new hope in my, for my taste, but I think it's super enjoyable. I watched, I think four times the theater. I remember crying when the, uh, star Wars music hit and the, the,
1: the pre-roll roll came out.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I, when I, when I heard that, I was like, I can't believe that I'm actually sitting in the theaters watching a star Wars movie on opening night again, because because it seemed like for the longest time, we were never going to see this. I mean, Lucas said over and over and over again, he wasn't going to make sequels. Turns out he was kind of a liar because he wrote uh, drafts yeah. for, for the plots. I don't know what he was waiting for. I, I guess he just hates money. But um... Well, I mean,
1: obviously the dude's like a perfectionist, you know? Like, I, <clears throat> I don't know how you could see what he's done to his own original trilogy, which is like a beloved movie series and has been pretty beloved since it came out, you know, like, yeah, it's not like people, it's not like it took time for people to come around to the idea of star Wars. It was pretty immediate and the fact right. that he just always goes in and tinkers every different format release, you know, tinkered before VHS came out, tinkered before like the laser disc and tinkered on like the 20th anniversary. Like it's just, it, it's infuriating, you know, and then like tinkered yes. before the blu-ray cuts. And it's just like, there's always something like a little different, so I, I do believe that he wasn't intending to make a sequel trilogy because this dude seems like kind of haunted and consumed by his art and a desire for it to be innovative and transformational, uh, which is ironic because like I think the movies are super derivative and that's why I love it because it synthesizes all these different feelings you get from different types of art, different types of storytelling and jams all that together in one thing, which I think is like really cool. Like you're just getting, a whole, it's like a buffet of different, feelings from, from watching stuff, which is why I like him. So I don't believe he's going to make a, a, a sequel uh, story. But I don't know I-
2: if he wanted to because of how mean people were to him. You True. Know? I mean, like, True. there were adults that were acting like little four-year-old kids, you know, uh, with their displeasure of Jar Jar, with their displeasure of Anakin, um, and with their displeasure of Jake Lloyd, well, unfortunately, and all, that and mean, all three of those actors have had a tough time, you know, right, yeah. and what, what's it, what's his name? Ahmad Best. Is he the one that did Jar Jar? Yeah, he, I think he even had thoughts of suicide because he just got put into a dark place. So, you know, Lucas was like, why, why continue doing this? If, if this is, if. If people are gonna suck like this in our fandom,
1: also, why be mad at the dude when it was clearly George Lucas right. who wrote the dialogue, who directed, who oversaw like the exact special effect production that went into making? It's like, I mean, I guess you could be mad at at the guy, but like, it's really like George is the one pulling the strings there, like quite literally. Right. Um,
0: and unfortunately, that is something that we saw get repeated in the sequel trilogy. I mean, the, the, the fans were absolutely rabid towards the actors um you know all the main cast have said pretty clearly they don't want anything to do with star wars anymore yeah Yeah. you know and it's like i don't really blame them i I because i I think i think all of them did excellent jobs in their acting and portrayals of the character especially daisy ridley um and they just got crapped on
1: for it (laughs) that's that's the worst part like they're literally doing what someone else told them to do and what no doubt hundreds like dozens if not hundreds of people had a hand in contributing towards you know like yes just in terms of like deciding the actual story direction like there's no way they didn't have a discussion about every single scene that was in that movie with dozens of people hundreds of people right right and so it's just like why why are you getting mad at the like literally like, don't don't shoot the messenger like they're the ones who are telling someone else's story right now you think john boyega had any hand in constructing like how finn was supposed to deliver this one line like nah man he didn't <laughs> like he absolutely and he not. was such a
2: highlight in this movie too absolutely. Uh,
1: i really like i really like finn's character he crushed it in this and oscar yeah. isaac was so good and yep uh, um God, their yeah, chemistry so let's is talk, awesome together it's let's so talk good.
0: about some of the characters uh specifically i want to talk about the main cast because there's a main cast of three which was only supposed to be a main cast of two uh, Poe was supposed to die in this movie up until I believe very late in, in filming, and you can kind of feel that because w- like he's absent from like eighty percent of the movie. Yeah. Um, but what what do you guys think of the character of Ray, played by Daisy Ridley?
2: Overall, for this episode, episode seven in okay. a vacuum. So at the beginning, I fell in love with her character. Because she was a loner. She was on this world by herself. So she was a survivor. And when she took out those guys trying to get BB-8, you know, at the little um, bazaar wherever, you know, when she met up with uh, Finn, mm-hmm. that was like awesome. I thought that was awesome. You know, she had her weapon and uh, she took them out. So at that point, and even with the fact that she jumped into the Millennium Falcon not knowing how to fly it. Where she was able to fly it, I was okay with that because that that in itself was a cool scene, with the the type the two tie fighters chasing her, right? I really like that scene, but it was the last, um, you know, the last part of the movie where I didn't like. But we'll get to there. Yeah. But overall, I liked her character. All right, George.
1: Uh, I absolutely yeah, I'm with Coach. I loved her. Also, one thing I really want to point out is I think her like the, her theme, her score is like incredible because that seemed to like marry like sort of like the traditional star wars trickle with like a little like excitement from like the harry potter stuff that john williams did like i just i thought that was like a really really powerful just like little tiny like tiny part of the movie it was just like the music associated with her but i thought that stuff was really good um yeah i'm with coach i'm with coach except i didn't fall off like um i'm sure we'll come to this like towards the end of it but if, if you're telling me about space wizards, I'm going to believe that they can instinctually do stuff that doesn't make sense.
0: Um, well, I think when you craft a fantasy world, and there's obvious examples of this, um, but but Tolkien is one of, of the best. I always put him in the, the top tier for crafting fantasy worlds. You craft rules around that get followed. And I think one of the biggest tragedies of... The sequel trilogy is they consistently break the rules of Star Wars uh, in, in ways that don't really make sense because they create a lot of plot holes. Uh, specifically, with Ray's character, I'm with you guys. I absolutely love Ray. And, you know, I sat here and I tried to think of the reasons I like Ray's character, and I really can't give you many other than I think Daisy Ridley did an excellent job acting. I think she's just a fun character. Um, she's got a cool design to her, and that's 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 pretty much all I can come to, because when you look at her story on paper, there's really not a whole lot to work with. She's just kind of this loner, and I think a lot of the episode seven's reason why I liked her so much is because of the mystery surrounding her character. They pull you in with this hook. Like, who is this girl? And why is she able to do the things she's able to do? And what's her parentage? Because it's not like they're, they are they they just dump information on you about her parentage. They specifically leave it... They, they specifically... And we'll get to this later on. There's a specific scene that they leave ambiguous about who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, with Han Solo... And Maz Kanata at the at the bar. They they make yeah. it very obvious that there was something else going on here. When who, she asks, "Who's the girl?" Yeah, because she was, asked, her, "Who's the girl?" And then the scene cuts very hard, and it's yeah. like, "Hmm." You guys were, were purposefully trying to, to make us think something else was going on.
1: Who did Who did you guys think uh, she was the kid of?
0: Oh, I think I I. I did think and i still think to this day that the original plan was for her to be a kenobi
1: yeah i thought it was kenobi and satine yeah um, yeah which would have been dope the storylines yeah, lined up
0: a little too too weird for me for it to not be like that um especially with obi-wan talking to her when she picks up the lightsaber and it would ju- it would have just made sense because then it would have been the son of K- or the 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 offspring of kenobi and the offspring of anakin skywalker at the end just like a generational thing i think that would have made a lot of sense Mm -hmm. but that's obviously not what we got uh but let's move on to finn who i think has one of the coolest backstories and the coolest stories of, of, of any character in uh star wars the turncoat stormtrooper which i think is an awesome story i think he got absolutely shafted after this movie in terms of his story uh, with almost no character development whatsoever Mm -hmm. after this movie. But in this movie, he's very cool and he's just like this, this, this funny guy. And you see from the beginning of the movie, something went wrong with his brainwashing and he's just a a dude with a good heart who just chose. He didn't want to be part of the empire. What do you, what do you guys think of uh, a Finn?
2: Well, I felt for him when he uh, when they got back over to the uh, the big dreadnought, right, to the uh, superstar Destroyer, whatever you want to call it, and he he took off his helmet, right, yeah. and he was having an and an, an, he was having an anxiety attack, right, because yeah. of what he just witnessed. So, you know, a lot of soldiers go through that, right? right. So that that's modern day. So. um but yeah, they started his character off with, with this movie so strong, right? Just so strong. And he was the high he was one of the highlights of the movie, I think. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Dude was just super cool, like yeah. from the first scene. Cause it was really nice. Cause I don't know, like when you see a character like Kylo Ren, like that I think that opening scene where they like go down to are they, they're on Jakku, right? Like that's like where yes. the old dude is hiding. Um yes. And and Kyle Ren is just has that one line, is just like, look how old you've become. Like I don't know, yes. like I don't know the context for that whatsoever, but it's just it's such a badass opening line where it's just the first thing he's doing is just taking a dump on this like highly respected actor who is in yeah. fact super old. Uh I really love that. <laughs> and then um just like seeing like the one stormtrooper like struggle, because like I think as the audience, like we've been waiting so long for more Star Wars stuff and like we don't know anything about this era of Star Wars this was like our first introduction to it but like right. we know so much about Star Wars that we're trying to like fill in the gaps and so you see the the first order troopers and so you're immediately like archetypes I get this. These are the stormtroopers. This is what they've become. And then to just immediately see one, like coach said, have an anxiety attack and panic. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, this is actually like a different star Wars because all we've ever seen people who dress like this do is follow orders implicitly without hesitation. And just die. Yeah. (laughs) And be bad at their job. Um, and so just to immediately see that, that I thought was like such a cool way to introduce that. Like, this is going to be a different feeling Star Wars, which is super ironic because this movie is just like, it's episode four, man. Like all due respect, <laughs> like, it, right. is just, it is just such like a close proximity to episode four, but it does so many things I think very interesting. And like Finn is just such a cool place to like pick a main character from. I wish they kept him as the main character or a yes. main character, yeah. but I mean, that's just such a, he could have gone such a cool place far. to start. He
2: didn't, even if he didn't, because some people were speculating that he had um, force um, abilities. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, even with that, um, I mean, he had his military training, so I get it how he could wield the the lightsaber a little bit. A little bit, but anyways. That, I
1: mean, I get, that, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, I understand that, like, to be god-tier with a lightsaber, you need to be, like, highly endowed with the force. But it's really, it's, it's just a stick made out of light, man. Like, you're telling me that they don't have some kind of combat form in Star Wars that operates with a stick and that a dude can just, like, make pretty educated guesses with it, even though he's not a Jedi. Like, that part, I thought, made perfect sense. Like, uh, Kyle Katarn was that way, right? In the... Uh, dark forces games like uh,
0: yeah at first uh, but again the eu wasn't written by people that i would say were consistent uh and, and kyle katarn's story is like out of control if you like if you follow it because like he picks up a, a lightsaber and like three days later he kills a dark jedi in that that the asian uh, Dark Jedi with the yellow lightsaber. I forget his name, but yeah,
1: don't don't love that. Um, but that's I mean, it's it's whatever, <laughs> you know. Like it's a fine yeah. game. I, yeah.
2: I think um, they gave him too much
0: uh, of an ability at the end when he was fighting Kylo. I agree. Now, and we're gonna get to Kylo's character. Kylo's power level is so inconsistent, though, that you never really know if this dude's like legitimate. Or if he's like a crybaby wannabe, that's that's my biggest problem with him. But we'll get to him. Overall, I'd say I'd say Finn, top tier character, and then which rounds out the main cast with Poe. Poe, I, I think, is the weakest of the three in this movie, especially because he wasn't supposed to live, and then I forget the reason they brought him back, but I, I assume it's because Oscar Isaac had just nailed the character and the relationship between phone or pin i can't speak finn and poe i I almost said foe and then pin pin. (laughs) that that dynamic between those two is so strong and i think poe plays a really important part of the movie by being like the ace rebellion pilot and he's like the cool pilot because they that that, that's like a, a vacuum that was that's been in star wars forever um like Han Solo was like the cool pilot, you know, and this and Poe kind of takes over like the Han Solo cool guy role. He's the funny guy. He's the cool guy. He's the charismatic guy, and he's on the first of the main characters we see. He's he's in the very opening shot of the movie. What did you, what did you guys think of Poe? Poe, Dan? I liked him.
2: I I mean like you you know my background with Rogue Squadron, so oh. that whole that whole scene. When they were right above the water going to Maz's Cantina, right?
1: Oh, God. I thought that
2: was that was an amazing scene, right? That was yeah, that was an amazing scene. Um,
1: I got both characters I got good. chills. Yeah, that seems yeah. great.
2: He had, um, he had a good character, but yeah, they didn't utilize him as much as they should have. I think.
1: Here's the one part. Here's my one criticism of that scene. And like, I understand you need to make like the pilot cool because so much of star Wars is space and traveling. And like, I don't know, like there's like grounded, pious, religious Jedi, but then there's like this technological aspect that like, you want someone to be able to take advantage of that just to create like, you know, a dichotomy, like good tension there. Like I get it. I kind of hated the fact that he was like sniping individual first order troopers with his X-wing. Like, I just thought, oh, that, yeah. I just thought that part was like dumb. I'm like, all right, yeah, guys you guys know already what? established him as cool and badass. Cause he killed like <laughs> nine TIE fighters in a row. You don't need to have them bullseye individual people from yeah. three miles away. Like that's, it's just a little too far. Um, you know, it's
2: funny you were mentioned that because last night when I was watching it and that, you know, after that part, uh, when he started sniping him, I'm like, okay, that's a little much,
1: but. Like I think he's the most overpowered character in the entire movie. Like the Ray stuff I can forgive, the uh the Finn stuff I can forgive, especially because I I read a theory on Reddit that I really enjoy and I can't wait to bring it up with you guys. But okay. like that part is just ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And to be fair, they try to give Poe some more character development in Episode Nine, but that movie needed to be like six hours long to fit all the plot that jj abrams tried to fit in episode nine which made it a complete mess of a movie but um let's move on to the main villain not snoke but kylo ren because i hate kylo ren and it's because i think he's such a good relatable character because we've all known that guy right that snotty like just rich kid can't handle any stress whatsoever like kid that like we all hate the spoiled guy he's the son of princess leia and han solo his uncle is luke skywalker and it just seems like this kid is this guy is spoiled and he has two major meltdowns in this movie which are both just kind of funny to me when he doesn't get his way, he takes his lightsaber to start smashing the inside of a spaceship. Not the best idea, in my opinion, but he does it, you know, I actually and, like those parts. Well, I, I like, I don't dislike them. I just think you can't make me take a character seriously when he has just meltdowns constantly. Like a child. Over stuff. Yeah. Like a child. Yes. So he's and, throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. But- he's throwing a temper tantrum. And, that's, you can see why he was so easily influenced by Snoke, um, because
1: he's a child. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Because well, I think I think he's actually in his late twenties in The Force Awakens, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was like ten. It's been like ten years since the attack on the Jedi Temple, right? I think so. Yeah, and I th- he was like he was like a, a, like a late teenager at that point when Snoke finally pulled him over, but. It's weird because I remember sitting there thinking that this guy didn't have any sort of training. They never really expand upon who he was before he was Kylo Ren and why he is the way he is. And I, I don't know if they were planning on going back and doing that in the later parts of the trilogy. But I remember just kind of thinking that he was a Padawan that turned to the dark side because he was powerful, because he was a Skywalker. And it turns out that's not really the case. I mean, it's kind of the case, but he he was pretty much like a Jedi Knight when he, he took down the entire Jedi Academy. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> like, a little far-fetched, but okay.
1: I oh, don't know. Jedi Academy was, like, 11 people. And it's not that, like, it was the best of the best. It was, like, the best of who's left after there was, like you know a genocide right. of force sensitive people <laughs> so right it's, it's kind of like we're doing the best with what we can guys like i'm really like bear with us here i'm yeah. sorry yeah we can't all be the the son or the the nephew of luke i killed emperor palpatine skywalker <laughs> you know right <laughs> like,
0: uh what did you guys think of kylo ren loved him absolutely loved him now explain why 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 did, why did you like kylo so much
1: um this trilogy is really hard for me to describe just because i think it is so conflicted in its messaging but kylo i thought immediately was like a stand-in for the audience like he was supposed to be like the star wars fan who couldn't let go of the past and who like needed everything to be similar in order for it to be like likable and relatable okay And so because of that, I think making him, like, such a bratty, flippant kid was incredible. (laughs) Like, just being like, oh, hey, you guys who want exactly what's happened before, uh, we'll give that to you, but this is, like, the piece of crap you look like, just so we're (laughs) 110% clear. Uh, But just, like, the fact that he's, like, doing his best, like, Vader impression, I think is, like, really pathetic, and, like, there's something, like, really cool about that, because he's, like, trying so hard to be like Vader, but, like, he was dead. like so long before he was born you know like he just has like this idea of what vader is but like doesn't really understand the full commitment that vader went to it's just like no man i killed i was so scared of my wife dying i killed her are you like are you ready to commit to that (laughs) um i really like his design i like the lightsaber design um also him freezing like the blaster bolt midair is like one of the coolest things i've seen a jedi do Yeah, that's one of the most savage,
2: that was one of the most savage moments. Oh, it's
1: so cool. (laughs) That
2: that opening scene is my second favorite of all, uh, of all the, uh, well, of all the 11 movies. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And that, like, I just think they did such a good job of introducing him as, like, a cool person. But, like, when he, like, kills solo sorry spoilers uh like he's literally him like killing the past like it's him being yeah. like no we're actually we're done with this and then that was like the full commitment arc for him in like episode 8 about how you have to kill your past and then he just sort of is commit like it's just the fact that they like reforge his helmet immediately in episode nine is just like oh my god like you missed the point entirely of episode eight like there were so many middle fingers that jj was giving ryan johnson in episode nine and like the immediately awesome. forging the helmet is one of them sorry we're getting ahead but like the fact that he was at least in my eyes like the stand-in for the petulant star wars fan i just think is like incredible it's also annoying and i think that's where star wars kind of got off the rails is the fact that it was so like metatextual. And I'm like, no, that's like not really what I want for my Star Wars. I want like soap opera, sorry, space opera, like kind of like contrived good versus evil. Like I want it to be like a really simple moral story. Right. I don't really care for the gray stuff. Like put that in the side stories. That's fine. But like for the main Star Wars, I want it to be like a sweeping epic of good versus evil, not moral ambiguity. And, like, don't make comments in Star Wars. Like, make comments about, like, authority. Like, super, like, general, vague things. But, like, I don't know. Episode 8 kind of loses me where I'm like, I don't need to see about, like, yeah the the more moral ambivalence of weapons manufacturers who are making a profit by selling to both the first order and the resistance um that was a
0: very prequel scene in episode eight wasn't it oh my god
1: yeah just like well we haven't talked about galactic trading routes at all it's like do you you absolutely have to (laughs) like no one was really scratching their heads asking about the oregon trail of star wars but (laughs) all right that's fine um
0: Right. So you don't you don't think that there was going originally a plan to be any redemption for Kylo Ren at the end of the trilogy?
1: I was kind of hoping that there wouldn't be. But at the same time, like, that's a nice story. And like, Mm -hmm. I subscribe to Star Wars for like, honestly, like kind of the simplicity of it. Like, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm excited to get to the prequel trilogy to tell you guys like exactly why I don't like it. Okay. But but the one thing I do like about it is the simplicity of it, where like it's it feels just like a Greek myth sort of like made with just really cool technology you know, with spaceships right. and robots, which is a kind I of think, kind of my speed for Star Wars. Right.
2: So if you think about it in Episode four, A New Hope, Vader was mysterious. Right. We didn't know his backstory. Right. We didn't know anything. So I think they were doing that with Kylo to an extent. But my biggest question, and even to this day, remember when Rey went down the basement when, they, when she was at the cantina and mm-hmm. she touched uh, Anakin Skywalker – or Anakin's lightsaber? Yeah. She had that vision where she was face-to-face with uh, Kylo,
0: and Kylo killed one of the Knights of Ren, right? That's what it seemed so what like. What was that? We We don't know. That scene was never okay. explained. And that's that's one of my biggest problems with this whole trilogy is there's so many questions that are left unanswered because of the conflict between the directors. You know, we have... Well, we're going to jump into the, the, the plot of the movie here in just a second, but we have so many things that, are, that I noticed when I was watching this again. I was like, there's just another scene that was never answered, ever.
2: See, initially I thought... Oh snap she was there at that time mm-hmm. and somehow she has she forgot about Final
1: right? Fantasy Amnesia yeah right something
2: <laughs> that like was that was a popular so, theory yeah so i was thinking when i was in the theater and i saw that i was like whoa whoa push pause let's let's what happened here what yeah. just happened you know what message is this what are they telling us
1: What's really, you know. sorry, what's really funny, though, is it seems like they kind of evolved that power over the movies, like someone like, mis- like, Ryan Johnson, like, misinterpreted it. And that's how, like, her and Kylo are able to have conversations, like, across yeah, time and space, right? Really weird. The, the <laughs> yeah, but dyad is, I think that is stuff, I think that is so cool. Like, I think that is, like, yeah, such a, too. Such a cool a new wrinkle that. to, like, the Jedi powers yeah. and, like, their relationship with each other and, like, like, how someone good could have that connection to someone seemingly bad. Like, I think that's really cool.
0: It's like a forced Zoom call, you know?
1: Yeah. Basically, right. yeah.
0: <laughs> but, Coach, what, what, rounding it out, what did you think about Kylo Ren? What, what, what's your impression of him in a vacuum in Episode 7?
2: I liked him because he was young, mm-hmm. and we saw he had vulnerabilities. He was weak in some areas. So it was like he was tr- – he. to me, it seemed like he was trying to – He. it was too soon for him to be where he is at. Right? Right way too soon for him to be leading the the uh, the new world order basically right it right. was so. it's such
1: an anime thing right where it's like oh uh, hey here's this 16 year old who's like the lead general <laughs> of the the emperor like the, the Shogun's army it's just like well yeah right. he's 16 but uh he don't like he got the best grades in school you don't get it <laughs> yeah <You know?
2: laughs> like, you, and you got to remember though in the original trilogy Leia, it was Mon Martha who was the leader of that, but Leia was the second basically in command, I think. And, uh, but she was trained from a child on diplomacy and all
1: that. Right. Stuff, sure. Right? Yeah. But, and then also like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the, the metaphors or, or like the, the implied commentary of this movie, because like in episode four, it was like a kid from a farm goes up against the big bad government. Like it's literally him and his young friends, fighting old British people who are literally called imperials who have a weapon that can destroy an entire planet in one thing. I'm just like, all right. So this is like a populist movie. Cause like, I, I believe that they didn't know that like Luke Skywalker was Darth Vader's kid when they filmed episode four. Right. I agree. And so at that point, like he was literally just like a farmer from podunk middle of nowhere standing up. Like it was such like a populist message, you know um, about how it's like, no, it's like the little guy who can stand up to big bad government. Cause this was, I don't know. I guess seventy-seven. That was after Watergate, right? Or like, oh yeah,
2: it was after Watergate.
1: Yeah. So it's just like you know, a complete distrust of the government. So let's make a movie where we blow up the freaking government, you know? And so try to think of like that la- layer of like cause and effect from the real world into the Star Wars movies. I'm, I'm like See, trying trying to think of it when I'm watching it.
0: I've never wrote um, read that much into it because I actually don't think george lucas meant for any metaphors really i think george lucas personally this is gonna sound sinful kind of a hack um because especially if you read into like the development of the original trilogy his wife changed so much that made it the trilogy that it was and a lot of people speculate that the reason he went back so much later into the prequels was after his really really nasty divorce and he was kind of like Look, I can do this on my own,
1: and that's that's, that's like yeah.
0: that's that's one of the theories about why he went back and, and changed so much, and why he went back, and the prequels were so much different than the original trilogy. Um, and uh, why a lot of the original trilogy writing is so, or the prequel trilogy writing is so bad, was because it, he. I don't know if you guys have heard this before. He originally wanted the the main characters of the movies to be C three PO and R two D two.
1: Well, that was like a direct ripoff of like the beginning of like Hidden Fortress, which was like the two like thieves or like bumbling farmer t- type deal. Yeah. You know, like they were like the original intro to like the world that uh, Kurosawa was telling. Like that's what I meant by like this movie is just, or like at least the original trilogy is just like so derivative of everything else that it just synthesizes all these different ideas into one cohesive ish thing, which I think is yeah. like what makes it interesting. Um, it's super like postmodern that way. And then I don't know if that makes the sequel trilogy. I don't know what comes after postmodern. Like, it's almost like ironic or like meta. Textual. I would say the like, sequel
0: trilogy is extremely meta. Yeah, I, yeah I, like, I, think that's,
1: I, I think that's kind of frustrating, to be completely honest. Um, Why do you say it's meta?
0: It just seems like it screams so much at the audience. Because it's like, it's it's like episode seven to me was like, you guys hated the prequels so much that we are going to give you exactly what you asked for.
2: Okay.
0: So that you can't you if you complain about it, you, your only complaint is this is exactly like the movie we love. <laughs> and then episode 8 is 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 so much the anti that. Yeah. And then episode 9 is like, "Oh, you guys hated that so much." Oh, that was too
1: different. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We're gonna make sure everything is super familiar and yeah. recognizable. It's like, oh man, you know who's like. We don't want to make Kylo Ren the bad bad guy. Who should, who's the best bad guy in Star Wars? Gotta be Sheev. Gotta be yeah. Sheev Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> gotta go back to that. Well, yeah. Um, you know,
2: speaking about that, one thing that I did appreciate about Episode Seven when I walked out of the theater. You remember during the early 2000s when all of this was happening, you had you had the, the prequels and then you had the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. Right. So the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it wasn't all just green screen and blue screen. Right. I mean, they had natural environments, So that's what made it. And we, everything was still standard death back then. Right. We didn't have high death. Yeah. So it looked amazing on screen. You know, and then when we go back to watch the prequels, we can see how everything was just, you know, green screen to the max. That's what I liked about uh, episode seven is there. I'm Of course, there was, but it felt natural. Right. You know, they were in natural spaces in the desert. You know, Canada's place. You know, they were in the when when Ray got. um when Ray and uh, Kylo first meet, it was in the jungle, you know. So it was a natural environment, and so I appreciated that. Well, that it wasn't like, cor- it wasn't Coruscant, and know? like
1: BB-8 was like a real thing, you know, yeah, <laughs> like it was like exactly. a thing that actually existed in the space. Yeah. And they were just like, "crap, we got to figure out how to make like a oh, ball work," which is awesome. It's so cool that they actually made it real. Right. Yes.
2: Okay. I wanted. I noticed something, and I've never picked up on it before. When, when First Order leaves. Leia's little ship comes down, right? Right. And C-3PO walks out and he's like, oh, what's up BB-8? I mean, like he starts having a conversation with BB-8 like he knew him. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of strange, but, um, but yeah, but going back to BB-8, have you seen the making of for this movie? I
0: yeah. have not.
2: It is really cool how they did BB-8 because they had him, they had a guy in like a green, you know, the green screen suit and there is, it's like a lawnmower attachment, kind of. And so he was running, and so that's how BB-8's running. It's really awesome. How that's really fun. <laughs> yeah, it is really awesome how they did it. That's pretty awesome. Like, when they were in the sand running away from the TIE fighters that were shooting at him, right?
1: That's super cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: so it's so, really cool. Yeah,
0: so let's, let's go into the actual movie, and I'm just going to start going through the plot. And, and um, Well, let's start with the first act. Yes, that's where I'm going to start right. from the beginning. I'm just going to start going through different things. Uh, and if you guys have something to say, just jump in. Um, so the movie opening is the nighttime on Jakku. And the movie immediately starts out with Poe getting a part of the map to Luke Skywalker. From an unknown older man who is... By the way, never explained in the movies. He's only explained in the Kylo Ren comics. Yeah, who he is. He was actually a friend of Luke Skywalker's and and Kylo Ren's when he was Kylo Ren when he was younger. He went on the mission where Kylo became Kylo Ren.
2: But you know, I was okay with that because I knew that the two of them had a past. Right. I knew that 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 man knew Kylo probably when he was in diapers or been right. Ben, right? We'll call him Ben. So I knew that there was history there p- just because of the
0: dialogue. And I think the dialogue is so good in this opening scene between Kylo and I – f- I forget the guy's name. But when he's – when Kylo's like, look how old you've become. And he looks back and just snaps back and he goes, something far worse has happened to you. Yeah, That is so such a great the, – the conversation between those two, you know, when, when he goes – that – I forget the exact quote, but he's like, "I know where you, I know where you come from, you know. I know who right. you are." And then Kylo Ren just snaps and ices this dude, just chops him down mercilessly. And you know, this is nitpicking. They had him flinch too much. You, you know, think so? I, I, well, I mean, if a light I, was coming towards my face, I I feel like I might. <laughs> you know, I just
2: wanted him to be savage and just look him in the. Well, not in the eyes, because he had his mask on. I'm like, mask,
0: okay, yeah. go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, though, because after the scene with Poe and the old man, the First Order invades the village. We don't really know why they invade this village, uh, perhaps specifically for the, the map to Luke Skywalker. No, we
1: assume that, like, they were following Poe, don't we? because it's like i I didn't get that that was that was the vibe i got because it was like right after poe landed then my my assumption
2: my assumption is they got intel that the old man is at
0: this colony that's
2: that's what i that's what i came away with
0: um but after poe gets the map and the first order invades poe actually tries to run away i don't know if you guys noticed this or not and he tries to get in his ship and just dip but his ship is shot down and his ship is non-functional. He gives the map to BB-8 and tells him to run. And then Poe goes back to fight in the uh, to fight the First Order. And then in this conflict, we get what I think is an awesome scene of our first scene of uh, Finn, who is FN-2187 at this point, and the the bloody handprint that goes across his helmet. And he's the only stormtrooper there with a the bloody handprint across his helmet. I think that's really, really cool. Not only does it allow you to keep track of him, see where he is in in the scenes, it allows you to like be like, oh wow, this is pretty dark. Like this is this this opening scene is probably one of the darker scenes we ever get in Star Wars, right up there with like. You know the Master Skywalker. What are we to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a <laughs> poor little crap. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, my hero, Anakin Skywalker, is here to save me. <laughs> yeah. Master
1: um, Skywalker, what are we going to do? <laughs> you just stupid little British idiot.
0: Love and then <laughs> Kylo Kylo Ren walks out from the ship, and Poe Dameron immediately fires, and Kylo Ren just. Like you said earlier coach, just Alpha Dogs and just shroom, <laughs> suspends the bullet and uh captures Poe and then they have a very brutal execution scene in the village where they just ball up the prisoners and they just fire. You know, they have the stormtroopers fire. And that's when that's the first time we see Finn. Yeah.
1: Not that anyone, sorry, not that anyone in the First Order cares, but it was like it took us eight minutes to get to our first war crime. Like, right, that is, that is...
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> the th- The interesting thing about Finn being unable to shoot is that when Kylo Ren's walking back to the ship, he he feels it, and that, and I think that's really interesting because it's almost as if Kylo Ren can just feel the emotions of everyone around him, which isn't something that I think we've really seen before. It seems. So, in my opinion, it was always that the Jedi were able to hone in on specific individuals, but it was almost in this point that Kylo Ren was able to feel everybody around him, which I thought was 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 kind of interesting. Um, but you guys had anything to say about the the opening scene or? Move yeah, on? like I said, it's
2: my second favorite after um, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Um, I think it was, it showed right away that Kylo Ren's got it, right? He's strong <laughs> in the force. And, uh, you know, even with uh, Poe, there's that little comedic moment like, uh, who talks first here? You want me to talk? Do you talk? See, yeah, I actually, that
1: fun. no, I actually hated that part because I think that the one of my bigger problems with the sequel trilogy is that their jokes sound exactly like MCU jokes. Like just like tonally, it sounds like something that yeah. would be in a Marvel movie, and that's just I'm like, Come on, guys, like you're like cross content like okay, I'm sure they got like the same script doctors that are helping out and like the Marvel movies are generally pretty good, and I think mm-hmm. these movies are generally pretty good, but like when you just have like the same voice across such different properties that that I'm just like, Come on, guys, do a little bit better. Yeah. Um gets even worse in episode eight. I hate that Yes. I hate you that episode eight. Scene. Yeah. I hate that scene so much. Which yeah. one? Like when he's like like the prank phone call that like Poe does in the beginning.
2: Oh yeah, that was like lame. I that mean, was... we'll get to that whenever we do it again. Yeah. yeah, that <laughs> was like the biggest, the lamest thing I've seen in Star Wars. Almost. Yeah. Jeez,
0: that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, Kylo Ren takes Poe back to get interrogated. Then we get. The, but we also oh,
2: don't forget. We
0: also see captain phasma for the first time too we do see captain phasma what a waste <laughs> that's what i was about to say the biggest Amen. waste of any character in star wars i think
2: well we it's said big... that at first about boba remember because like boba didn't get a lot of screen time so there was almost similarities as far as
1: that's really cool man so 30 years from now we'll get like a really good captain phasma show <laughs> yeah uh, it's pretty exciting Back can in- i don't 2051 she'll crawl out of whatever wreckage she she's in
0: right i do not understand what they were doing with phasma because she just keeps coming back and i don't think anyone cared about captain phasma
1: it's also weird because like i love gwendolyn christie like she was awesome on game of thrones and so it's just like one why would you put her in this outfit and like cover up like her face because like i think she like does like facial expressions so well like she did sad on Game of Thrones, like perfectly, right? And so it's like, all right, so you want to make her like a higher up? That's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Uh, what does she like really do? It's like, oh, sh- nothing, she, like li- literally nothing except uh, just gets beat up, yeah, b- files a TPS report about uh, you know, the war crime they just committed on Jakku against a bunch of like yeah. old nomads, and then and she was, um, she gets was shoved into a to... trash can later, you know, right?
2: Just... She was trained how to disarm the uh, the 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 defense shields of, you know, the whole... Oh,
0: yeah, later on. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, so oh, then the movie cuts to the Star Destroyer, where the First Order fleet is coming from. Uh, and that's where we get Finn's... First, the look, first look at Finn's face. Like you said, Coach, he takes his helmet off, has the panic attack. Phasma, again, immediately jumps in to stop any sort of character development from going on at that scene. <laughs> you know, saying who told you took your uh, helmet off and, and placed your blaster in for inspection and then meet me in my office. Um, that's pretty much all we get until we cut back to Jakku. And this is actually the first uh, scene we get of Rey. And I think this scene is absolutely stunning where we see her scavenging and then she, you know, zip lines down and it ends up, that this is a giant old star destroyer that she's in. And she's just in the exhaust port of the Star Destroyer. And, you know, she slides down the hill. I think that's such a cool scene.
1: Also, again, talk about metaphors, man. It's like literally a new character just like raiding the past, trying to take Mm -hmm. the best parts of something very familiar to the audience and just taking it, taking it, taking it, and then going to sell it. Like, sorry, I smoke a lot of weed and drink a lot of scotch and i was a film major so it's really hard for me to like turn this off i think i'd enjoy movies more if i could but like <laughs> it's just it's so hard to like watch this and be like that's a little on the nose my dudes <laughs> like yeah. so but that
2: you know there's a lot of backstory with that um with that star destroyer you know because that crashed during the battle of Jakku, which i want to say is three three to four years after um Return of the Jedi. This is so
1: this is a discussion we were having the other day. If it doesn't happen in the movie, I don't know if it right. counts. I,
2: but I know, but I'm just saying there was there's a backstory on that. That entire and so I just wish they would have gone more into detail about that. Somehow, some way. I mean, I don't see how they could have fit that in there, but it was a cool backdrop, right? Well, I see, was,
0: I don't know. I kinda liked it because I always just kind of assumed there was other battles we never saw. You know, yeah. I, I never assumed that, okay, you blew up two spaceships of the Empire, but this is a galaxy-wide Empire. There's obviously way more fighting to go on. So I just assumed that Jakku was another battlefield where the, the, the fighting happened. And by the way, before I move on... It was in Battlefront 2, by the way. I know, and I'm playing through that story yeah. right now. In the, um, I haven't gotten there yet. Before I move on, I do want to say that I think the world in episode seven over oh, the whole sequel trilogy is really confusing because the opening crawl says that it's a time for the republic right then the first order has crept up from the the, the outer rim or something but it, it does not seem it doesn't seem like that first off they they, they there's the republic and then there's the rebellion and the resistance
1: it's so strange.
0: Yeah, that re- and that, it seems like that a, is they, so confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand because like it wouldn't be a resistance or a rebellion if it was part of the Republic, who is the main government force in the galaxy right now. But yeah. it, it, the movie isn't framed like that. It's framed like the First Order has control of the galaxy, and the Republic is still like Episode right. Four, Five, and Six re- Republic. It's very strange, and they never explain it. Well, they don't need to after this movie, but.
2: <laughs> so if, if you watch, it was very hard to watch, but I did. But the, the, the cartoon um, Star Wars Resistance, you see how people that are in the Republic look down at the Resistance.
0: That doesn't make any sense. It's their, it's their standing army. Right. So Wait, I thought yeah, it that's... wasn't
1: their standing army. I thought it was like they ha- they don't have an army because they won. They beat the Empire, and then this is like a little outfit that was like gathering arms to fight off the First Order.
2: I think it's more like that because one of the the main characters in the show, his name is Kaz. His dad, uh, or he was actually in the um, basically the Air Force for the. Um, the, what should we call it, the uh not the, the rebellion but no not the resistance but the republic. He was a republic officer and then he ended up being with the resistance or working with the resistance. So it's it's really it's really confusing how it is, but just know that the resistance is like eh they're, they're just you know wanna be
0: soldiers basically. Well they could have used him when they're whole- planet system got bombed. Um so Raven takes the power coupling and or whatever to this this guy who appears to just be like a junk trader on Jakku. Do you know who it, played it, that guy? No, I didn't. Who is that? Some, it's it's the one Simon, guy that was
1: Simon Pegg, man. Yeah. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. 50
1: yeah. Portions
2: yeah, He's a hardcore <laughs> Star Wars fan, so I think he has to be on there. So
0: yeah, he gave her the one-quarter portion, and then we get, oh, in my opinion, a lot of character development for Rey. When she takes it back and does her little bread thing with the water, and she's sitting there eating it outside of an old Adat at and she puts on the Rebellion helmet, the old Rebellion helmet that she found, and you can tell she just like looks up to, yeah, that, that, that exact helmet. And you can tell she just kind of like looks up. To the past, I think there's also like a Luke Skywalker or an X-wing pilot. But there's doll. A, yeah, there's
2: a pilot though.
0: Yeah, and you can tell she just like looks up to this, these almost legends that she had heard about this battle on Jakku, and I thought that was pretty cool because like, there's the giant wall, of course, of all the scratches, and you can tell she's just like this lonely girl who has spent a lot of time doing absolutely nothing but, yeah, but she does
1: she, she likes Star Wars as much as we do. But like, yeah, the, like, exactly. like the concept of Star Wars as much as we do.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and then while she's having her quarter portion, she meets BB eight who yeah. is getting captured. And that's this is really our first real introduction with BB eight outside the opening scene. And we really get to get like a good eyes on him and get to see like this Droid actually has a lot of character to him, and I think he's probably my personal favorite droid out of uh, Star Wars. Now I think BBH is like a really cool little kickball. <laughs>
1: a lot of right. personality, and I like his personality. Like C3PO yeah. has a lot of personality. I don't really care for three PO's personality. Right. RTD two office dork. Yeah, RTD two fine. Like I, I, I liked him more before the prequels. I'll say that. The
0: much. thing I like about R two D two is his scream that's so good yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty sweet um and then the scene after ray of course saves bb8 and then you know she takes him along with her there's this really cute scene where bb8 just like kind of wants to follow her and he's like a lost puppy and she's finally like all right you know come on like you're out you i guess you are kind of cute um then the the movie cuts back to the Star Destroyer with Kylo interrogating Poe, and Kylo doing his like Force interrogation thing, which is another one of those abilities that we talked about before. That really have we haven't really seen before this. He kind of like does some sort of like mind reading ability on on uh, Poe, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but then Kylo dips out. Finn comes in and they just decide, you know, we're getting out of here. Finn's like, I'm a turncoat now, <laughs> I guess. No plan at all. Uh, just going to steal a TIE fighter and, and fly out of here.
1: What did, what did you guys think of that, that whole moment where he's just like, why are you doing this? He's like, cause it's the right thing to do.
0: It seemed a little, I don't know. It, it's, it, it, I don't like that line. Cause it, it seems to go against Finn's character which my opinion at this point, Finn's just more like, I absolutely hate this place. Yeah. I I hate my job so much. I need to quit my job. Yeah. That's kind of where I got. I didn't didn't get that Finn was this honor bound guy at this point.
1: Yeah. But I think that was in there because like, as a, (laughs) as an audience member who has like engaged with star Wars before, you know, just like you're watching this, you're just like, Oh, well this guy, like he's clearly going to do the right thing. Like he's going to be the hero. And you're just like, Oh no, like he's just, open a bag out early man like he just wants to clock out early and like have a three-day right. weekend
0: um yeah um i, I but I, he went a wall i did write down that immediately poe and finn have great chemistry yeah just those two together they could they could have carried the sequel trilogy on their own i think uh for, 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 well the whole character. escape scene was awesome right yeah yep And um, I I think it's really cool that they were trying to get in the TIE fighter and fly away, but they weren't prepared for, like, the cable attachment. And they were just stuck there. And they're like, ah, you know, what do we do now? But I thought thought it was pretty cool. Um, And then we have uh, a scene that cuts to Kylo Ren and Hux, General Hux. And it's almost a direct mirror to Darth Vader and Grand moth tarkin because grand moth tarkin outranked vader in the empire and hux also outranks kylo ren in the empire and kylo ren says like i I think i think it's this scene where he has like a a, a funny comment like oh maybe we should have a clone army come take the place of of the stormtroopers which i thought i thought was a, a nice little funny callback um
1: I love that dude too. Is it Dominic Monaghan? Is it not? No, not Dominic. Monaghan. That's the guy that's Mary from sorry. uh Domhnall Gleeson. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Love that dude. Like, I, yeah. I just think he's a really good actor. He's in this one movie called about time, which I think is like incredible, but I also really just like his character in this movie. And then I hate him in episode eight, <laughs> some liberties were taken with him in episode eight, but in yeah. this movie, I think he does a really good job. And like one thing I actually kind of like about this movie is that like, they really reinforce that. Like, you know, like, we're very much in the shadow of the empire, like, empire, and they just made him seem like super space Nazis, like, it was always implied before, but, like, they really just beat you over the head with it in this movie, like, when he gives that speech on whatever the planet's called, um, starcular, starcular Base, base. yeah. yeah, but isn't it
0: the planet Ilum, like, isn't that... It's implied, it's never, it's never explicitly said that it's ilum but it's implied that it's okay uh like that that was straight up like
1: like hitler just like banging the podium you know like giving like his his like crystal notch speech you know like it was is absolutely insane how literal they made that interpretation
0: and he pulls it off absolutely incredibly yeah yeah uh yeah coach what did you think of the escape scene from the star story i liked it
2: I liked it because we—it was a new variant of the uh, Tie Fighter. Mm-hmm. It had a new, uh, you know, color color scheme with it. So I really liked that, and it was uh, any space scenes like that. I love. i have just I get geeked out, and that's why I didn't. That's why I enjoyed Resistance because they would always have a little like some type of space scene like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even going back to Episode Four, the the trench run, you know, um, that's what has hooked me. And that's, that's my thing when it comes to star Wars are the, uh, the the space battles. So the one in Rogue one is amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I really liked it. It it was short and sweet and to the point and then it cuts, you know, and the, the next scene is just amazing when the sand swallows up the,
1: tie fighter also it's a really small point but i, I love that Poe. he has this line where he's just like oh man it's the new model i've always wanted to fly this you know like he yeah. actually like says some line like that and you're just like huh like okay that makes me feel less guilty for like always thinking like man yeah they're space nazis but they got a really cool aesthetic like i really like yeah. the way the tie interceptor looks like i don't know what that says about me and my personal philosophies i don't <laughs> think i'm a nazi but i really want to fly a tie interceptor and a tie bomber. That stuff looks cool, right? And so right. him admitting that, I felt like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm allowed to think that too, <laughs> without feeling bad.
0: But on their way, I love the the fact that Poe's like, we're going back to Jakku, and Finn's like, why are we going? Why does not <laughs> want to go back to Jakku? You know, he's like, we can't go back to Jakku because you know, and Poe's like, yo, there's this droid down there, and Finn's Finn's like. Why are we going back for a droid? We're getting shot at. Uh, but then they obviously crash. Poe's nowhere to be found. Finn takes the jacket, which I thought was cool. Yeah. And um, heads into into Ray's village. And then once he's in the village...
2: Nobody's giving him water.
0: No, no one's giving him water. He finds the water, of course. Then he sees Ray being attacked. And... Then BB-8 recognizes the jacket, he gets in a conflict with Rey, and then I have right here that the First Order starts bombing the town for absolutely no reason, because in the scene before that, Kylo Ren and Hux had a conversation about capturing the droid alive. They wanted the information from BB-8, but then that it's conflicted in the scene with Jakku because they're just having a conversation and the first order flies in and just starts blasting everything and it's like okay well
2: well remember they called it in i think the stormtroopers called it in well
0: they they called it in but a rid- before they call it in the uh fighters come down and just start shooting the town and then they they call in he hears the bombers coming in and then they start exploding right but I love the next scene when they're running and you can, and and Finn grabs Ray, keep, Finn keeps grabbing Ray's hand because you can, I thought it was so interesting. Finn thinks he's the hero here. And Finn's like, Oh, I'm the guy that turned on the first order. I'm the trained stormtrooper. Here's this like, and I'm the hero. Here's this like pretty girl. And she's gonna like me because I'm the cool hero guy. So he's like constantly trying to save Ray, and like Ray doesn't need any saving. Like we find out later, Ray is fully capable of defending herself and flying. And Ray is the one that ends up saving Finn. And Finn like never drops the cool act until like way later on in the movie, you know. But he thinks he's the hero, and, and he just constantly is trying to like impress Ray with that hero mentality.
1: I think that's super funny because like the uh the impression he got from the trailer do you guys remember when the trailer dropped Mm-mm.
2: i didn't and watch the trailers i remember i didn't watch uh
1: man there was one scene where like i'm pretty sure like we saw like eventually like not the teaser trailer but then like the eventual trailer like there was a really emphatic scene where like finn was the one with the lightsaber you know and it was like oh, taken yeah. from that final fight um, yeah, but like it was pretty like heavily implied that like he was going to be like the new generation Jedi person. Yeah, and so the fact that like in the early movie it's him entirely trying to save Ray and her just being like, dude, like fuck off, like I do not need the hand right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, like that's hilarious. Like I think that's like super smart and like really really good subverted expectations. Just because yeah, you know, we thought he was going to be the hero. We thought he was the dude. You know,
0: and um, I think that him trying to save Ray is like really funny, especially because the next scene when he's like, yo, there's a ship over there. And she's like, that's a piece of junk. And then the ship they're running to gets bombed. And it's like, oh, the piece of junk will do. And it's the millennium Falcon. So <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. yeah that, that was seems amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And are like, like oh. yes, there it is. Yeah. That, that's the ship we know and love. And I do have a problem with the, ray piloting the falcon scene that comes next because obviously there's the there's the the dog fight but like we hadn't really gotten any information about ray being any sort of like pilot at this point and then after the dog fight ray's even like i don't know how i did that I don't care. Yeah. Like like that that's like one point that like
1: really bothers me that everyone brings up that like, oh, she's like a total Mary Sue. Like she's just like too perfect and too good at everything. There's no room for character development. And I'm just like, dude, like Anakin was a seven year old pod racer. Like I don't I'm not gonna draw the line, you know, for her being like a good pilot. Like Especially like I feel like more so than any other Star Wars film. I feel like the second uh sorry, the sequel trilogy really takes a lot of shortcuts and just uses like archetypes because we've had so much text of star Wars. Like we've got the movies, six movies thrown at us and we've all seen those movies multiple times. We've had a lot of TV shows, a lot of comics, a lot of video games, like people have engaged with star Wars on different levels. And so like, there's just archetypes that you, as someone who is engaged with this material enough times knows and understands not to mention just the language of movies that which we all generally speak pretty well now. You know just with the amount of visual content we consume so i have like no problem I'm just like oh she's super powerful because like even she can't believe she can do this like that was all i read into it i wasn't personally like annoyed that she was so good at this like i don't need to see someone struggle and overcome that to understand they're powerful like like you know like i'm, I'm okay with just seeing them be powerful and like the same way we saw anakin be yeah. super powerful as a second grader, <laughs> you know, yeah, but he's one. still,
2: but he still had a lot
1: of issues,
2: you know, like he got his ass handed to him the first time he went up against, uh, Dooku. Like right. he didn't even last like 30 seconds, you know, it was swinging a couple Awful swords sleep, and then yeah, his arm. I, and then, yeah, but also so I like, think
1: I didn't, I didn't need that, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not saying like, I need to see him struggle to believe that he's fighting against someone tough. Like I, I could believe in face value, like, Oh, he beat him. But like, that was still like a tough battle, you know? Um,
0: so I think my my biggest problem, though, and like I said, I love the character of Ray, but I have problems with her character because she never faces adversity, or she faces it and just overcomes it. She never fails. If you think about like Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker is a total Mary Sue, right? Has all the same issues you could you could say to Ray. He because he he's like sixteen or whatever it is, gets a lightsaber. And then in the next movie, he's fighting Darth Vader and being okay and holding his own. And then the movie after that, he takes down an entire empire. But the, the thing with Luke Skywalker is that he made bad decisions and he also failed. And we see that constantly with his character. With Rey, I could forgive the Millennium Falcon. I could forgive her holding her own against Kylo Ren because it's pretty heavily implied that Chewie's boat throughout the movie. By okay, the way, yeah, we're we're Chewie's gonna talk bo- we're
1: bo- gonna talk about that. That was like my Reddit thing that I'm like, yeah. oh, that okay. In hindsight, that makes perfect
0: sense. Yeah, the Bobo bo- caster, but it's like the other stuff that break it actually breaks down the whole world of of Star Wars, the whole galaxy of Star Wars, whatever you want to call it, because Ray, if taken at face value and taken literally would be the most potent force user I think we've ever seen. With zero training, zero experience, she's just able to see a power and then do it. And in fact, I wrote down later on, when she escapes her restraints, she's never even seen anyone at this point use Force Persuade. She just does it. Yeah, and I that saw is, that
2: too, and I'm like, "Come on, you can't do that." That's that. That is yes. That was a party foul. That was that a big my party foul in the middle. Yeah, and That's
1: you know who problem. played?
0: You know who played that stormtrooper? Yeah, James Bond. Yeah. Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig. Worst James Bond, by the way. But well, I don't know that.
1: Sorry, can can you? Uh, I'm sorry, I was a little distracted I'm thinking about something. Uh, can you repeat uh just like the specific, like the the thesis of like what your issue was? That my my
0: issue, so we talked about the Millennium Falcon and how I had a problem with Rey just piloting the Millennium Falcon like she's done it her whole life. And I said mm-hmm. I, could, I could forgive that, and I could forgive the fight with Kylo at the end. But it is the fact that if taken at literal and face value, the other things that she does with the Force, she would be the most powerful and potent Force user we've ever seen. Because untrained, she is able to not only counter Kylo Ren, who is the grandson of Anakin Skywalker, the Chosen One, she's also able to use Force Persuade without ever seeing it or ever being trained to use the Force. She saw it because Kylo tried to use it on her and couldn't.
2: No, that wasn't force-persuade. That was more like, I'm going
1: to do Okay, okay, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, okay. that
0: was his interrogation. But I guess, yeah.
1: I don't know, but, like, that's another thing where it's, like, archetypes where I'm just like, okay, maybe at this point she thinks, like, the force or, like, this issue, like, she could do more than just physical stuff with it. Because, like, I don't know, I have to assume there's no way, like, that. It, and this doesn't count because I didn't show it in the movies, but, like, there's no way that she didn't have, like, you know, like, a moment where she jumped super-duper high, and she's like, huh, that's weird that I could jump that high, you know, <laughs> like...
0: Something did like she? That. Because but I thought I thought no, it, was it, did, it didn't happen implied. on screen,
1: so it doesn't count, right? You know? Well, no, um,
0: but I thought it was pretty heavily implied that that meeting in the interrogation room with Kylo Ren was the first time she's ever experienced or used the Force. That, that's kind of what it seemed like, because like she, you just see her kind of like start to fight back, and and all of a sudden she's overcoming and taking Kylo Ren. Well,
2: and then he made, and this is watching it last night. I'm glad you brought that up when he was telling his stormtroopers he's like find her now yeah. because the longer she is uh, on her own the more stronger she gets is that how the force works that just by hiding out and as the you know as the stopwatch continues you know as time goes that she just magically gets better because that's what he was implying I and i was like that's
1: the, not how it the force is so stupid though and i feel like they rewrite the rules all the time like wasn't like the explanation like the reason that yoda couldn't figure out that like palpatine was the sith lord is because palpatine Cut the Jedi off from the Force. Like, wasn't that like literally the entire explanation for like, like, like the whole like Clark Kent effect? Like, why no one can tell that, like, oh, Clark Kent is Superman? It's like, no, he's not. Like, Clark Kent wears glasses. Like, that's impossible. Like, it's... Yeah,
0: Palpatine was using like some sort of like, like he was clouding their vision on purpose.
1: All right. But like, that's I'm say, saying, worried. like, that's like a BS yeah. thing that, like, I don't think that existed I in the agree. original trilogy. So, doesn't that change the rules of everything we're established? And then, like, I, I have no problem with that stuff just because I don't know, like I think the second you like clearly define the force, I think that's when it becomes not fun. You know?
0: Yeah. I just think that her being able to do everything that she wants at any point in time removes the necessity for her to go to Luke Skywalker to train. And it also makes the previous entries of the Jedi training seem like, nonsense. Like, if if, this, if we take this, like I said, at literal face value, Anakin Skywalker never needed the Jedi. And, I, and, like, that's what I was saying in the beginning, that I think the sequel trilogy defies and breaks the rules down of Star Wars. He didn't either. I'm pretty sure the Jedi, like, ruined his life. So, yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could argue that. You could argue that. Um, but... Uh, then... Yeah, so after... Kylo Ren um, finds out BB 8 escaped, he has his first meltdown. And that's the first time we see Kylo Ren's like, character start to break down, and you start to realize, like, oh, this isn't like a Darth Vader character. He's like this young, bratty kid, like we talked about earlier. And then after that, um, we see the great scene of. The pipe exploding in the Millennium Falcon, Ray going down to fix it, and Finn scrambling with BB8 to get him to tell Ray where like their resistance base is. Yeah. He's like, yo, I like listen. <laughs> I'm just trying to escape. Bro, I need, I need some help on. here.
1: Also, she's kinda cute. Don't screw this up for me. <laughs> yeah. her... Right.
0: Because yeah. he
2: asked her, You got family? You got a boyfriend?
0: Yeah. <laughs> And BB-8 does the really cute thing with the lighter, where he sticks the lighter out and gives the thumbs up. I thought that was like really that cool. killed
1: my movie theater. Like everyone was just like, yeah.
0: "Aww!" <laughs> like
1: that just everyone was so into that part. And like yeah. I, I, at that point, I was like really in, man. I was just like, "Yeah, dude, they figured it out. They cracked the code for how you make a new Star Wars movie in 2015. Yes. They nailed it."
0: Yes, uh, I, I I love that scene. I think that's an awesome scene. And then the scene directly after that is another amazing scene where Han comes and back Chewy. into the Falcon, yeah. Han and Chewie come back in the Falcon. It's like, Chewie, we're home. And I'm like, oh, they nailed it. And, <laughs> and you, you see, know?
2: And, and that is something they needed more of. That is those moments where you have that right. right. The, the the what we what we saw in the original trilogy. My biggest complaint against this movie is we did not get the original triplets together. We didn't get them together. Luke, Han, and Leia were not in a scene together. If they would have done that at the end, you know, granted if, uh, and we'll get to Han Solo in a bit, and what happens with Kylo, but if they had uh, Leia and Han, Rey, um, Chewie and I guess R2. If all of them would have gone down to uh, that first Jedi temple where Luke was, that would have made the movie a 10 out of 10 because we would have saw all three of them together and JJ Abrams just he he failed big time on that. And that move and this movie
1: needed that.
0: So I think the original,
1: (laughs) I could could not disagree more.
0: (laughs) Well, the, the original plan was to have Luke Skywalker in the middle of the movie and be have a a larger role in the movie. And that what they said was anytime Luke Skywalker comes into the movie, the movie immediately becomes about him because he's such a legendary character. And I, I actually kind of agree with them. You know, a lot of people were mad that Luke died in episode eight and I was mad with the fact that he died before doing anything important, but I I was not mad that he died because I think Luke Skywalker had to die. It's my biggest problem with DC Comics is that Superman is always there. If Luke Skywalker hadn't died and had redeemed himself, the last movie probably would have just been a Luke Skywalker versus Snoke movie or Luke Skywalker versus whoever the bad guy is.
2: But see, I was okay with just having Luke at the end. I'm not saying we needed more Luke. I'm just saying that together. we needed <clears throat> yes, we needed one shot with all three of them together. Like that feeling we got when we saw Luke and, and uh I'm sorry, Luke, uh Chewie and Han walk mm-hmm. into the that that feeling that you got inside, like, yeah, here we go. We're we're home, baby.
1: Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah, we didn't get that with uh with all three of them.
1: I, yeah I disagree I think the original cast was probably in this new trilogy too much
0: hmm interesting um, too much
1: yeah well, it's just one of those things like all right forget for a second that Kurt Cobain died right okay The singer um for for nirvana like I don't know like I feel like they would have played a Super Bowl in like 2014 you know and they would have been just like 55 years old talking about smelling like teen spirit and it's like dude is that like is that really what you want like do you want to see old haggard dave grohl and kurt cobain talking about smells like teen spirit when like they're they got fucking wrinkles like do you want that like no man no one want wants it. that like Jimi hendrix died at, like what it. i would love jimmy hendrix died at 27 <laughs> man like he would have been 90 going on stage playing at the super bowl like right, like he would have joined the who for their show like come on man like yeah. i gotta move on and just like cut the cord at some point
0: like well, so I think their, their inclusion is necessary because it's a generational thing. Yeah, like it's had passing to, off had the, to the, pass the, torch. the torch. Yeah,
1: the baton. Yes. Yeah, I get that. But also, like, Star Wars, I don't think is uh, any one character. I think it is a feeling. I, I think it is a feeling you get when you watch these movies doing things that seem so futuristic and high tech, but, like, has such an old school nature to it. Like, I think that marriage of those two things is, like, what makes Star Wars really special to me. And so, like, it's a feeling; it's not a person. And so, it's just like, right, right. Commit and I to get it. So I get that,
2: I get that, George. But remember, this is still the Skywalker saga. Yeah. And and we don't. And and you're right. I mean, if you had them in too much, like in our next movie, um, then you know we had Leia too much. But anyways, if we would have just had that one scene where I guess all four of them, to include Chewie, that would have been that would have been icing on the cake for me. Just that one point where they're like, Luke, you know, and he would have saw him and he'd break
0: down or whatever, you know. See, to to me, I don't think you can have too much Chewbacca because there's no generational next for Chewbacca. And he's sort of like a droid where like you don't really ever know exactly what Chewbacca is saying. You can only know, you can only read Chewbacca through the other characters that understand him. But like I said, I think you had to be really careful with how you did with Luke Skywalker, because if you wanted these movies to be about a new cast, bringing Luke Skywalker in and making him episode six, super powerful Jedi master, Luke Skywalker immediately makes him the hero. And I think episode eight failed with their portrayal of Luke, but I think having him at the end, and I understand what you're saying too. I think it, it would have been good to have at least one shot of the whole cast together. And I also agree with you that we do see too much Leia and in, in the sequel trilogy, not in this movie. I think she did it all right in this movie. And I think she was shot well in this movie. Cause you can tell that her acting skill is sort of lacking at this point in her life. She hasn't really done a whole lot. Uh, and I think, I think her acting wasn't great, but they shot her in such a way that you couldn't really tell. And it didn't intrude too much on the movie. I thought. Sure. Um, yeah, they didn't ask
1: her to do a lot, which I, yeah. think, which I think was good.
0: <clears throat> they, she she hits the important notes, the reunion with Han Solo, and the motherly instinct with Rey, I think, is important. Yeah. But let's but, let's know, move on. Sorry, okay. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So,
2: One of my biggest gripes is the fact that Han and Leia were divorced. Or
0: I don't know if we, they were divorced, but they were separated. Well, I we not like that. We'll, we'll, we'll get there, because I have right. – um, yeah, we got a lot a of lot scenes to say. cover, style, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, so I want to move. Jumping on the layup, but... I wanna, I wanna fast forward a little bit because we get Han Solo, we get him meeting the crew and telling them that you know I knew Luke and the Force is real, all of it, and there he had this student that betrayed everybody. He doesn't really go into deep detail that he knows exactly what was going on. Metaphor. And he's very well. My, my thing with Han Solo is he has a very father daughter dynamic towards Rey. Yes. Which led a lot of people to believe when this movie came out that Rey was Kylo's sister and that they were protecting her for some reason, which I never bought into because I thought that was really weird, you know, why Han Solo and Leia would you know, it was, didn't make any sense like, oh. it's,
1: it's also they're, they're bad parents if they like lament yeah. one child and just completely ignore the other one. Like they're well, they're, they're better people than that. Like they're, they're, they're bad parents. parents.
2: I was thinking that she was more of a niece to them, yeah. so she knew who uh, they knew who she was, but they didn't want to
0: come out and say say it right away. Um, you said something about bad parents, George. I think Han and Leia are bad parents, no matter what. If you take the whole sequel trilogy story into account, like they. They gave up on Kylo Ren like immediately. Or yeah, they dropped, they
1: dropped several balls uh,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> throughout the three movies for sure. Leia's like, "I'm a trained Jedi. I'm gonna send my son off with my brother and like leave him alone." And then Luke's, she somehow hears that Ben Solo turned to the dark side, and she's like, "Well, I guess that sucks." <laughs> like, okay. Um, but then we get a really cool scene with Han Solo and Finn when they first land on Maz Kanata's planet. Where I think it's so cool when Han Solo's like, Listen, big deal, like yeah. you got another problem. <laughs> well, at
2: first, he called,
0: remember, at first, uh, Finn calls him Solo, yeah, he's like, and, you and, just and, me Solo?
2: and Han's like, Solo, you just <laughs> call me, yeah
0: yeah he's like women always find out the truth and i thought that was such an like, awesome scene because you knew han immediately it was like i've seen enough war heroes in my time to know that this guy is not one of them
1: also like you get the feeling he's like he's definitely banged his way across the galaxy enough to yeah. know he's like yeah dude, it will catch up with you trust me yeah um before we move on too far i just want to say kanji club is such a cool name for a space gang
0: yes it is. i <laughs>
1: love the name
0: kanji club Cause I kind of jumped over that scene cause it doesn't really matter in the grand plot, but it does know. introduce Han's character. But that is a great scene when Han's like, I always talk my way out of it. And you can <laughs> see Chewie protest and then the Conjure club shows up and he's like, good to see you. <laughs> you know, <he's> stuck. <laughs> I think it's a great scene.
2: It goes back to, um, you know, you remember when he was talking to Yoda in episode four, right? And mm-hmm. the, the, you know they they originally wanted that in there, and they had the the actor pretend to be uh, uh, not Jabba. You know, but, uh Jabba, Jabba, yeah, right, sorry, yeah, yeah. So it was he was back to his old scavenger skills, right? Yeah, his like scoundrel, yeah, yeah, his scoundrel skills,
0: yeah. Sorry,
1: no, it was, so, right. it was so good, and that line to Finn is incredible. Yeah, oh yeah, listen, big deal. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that. <laughs> um,
0: but before we move on to Maz Kanata's cantina. We get a really good scene with Snoke talking to Hux and Kylo Ren, which kind of moves the overall plot forward where Hux is, is, talking about finally using Starkiller base, blowing up the whole, um, Republic. And then Snoke tells Kylo what would be in the trailer over and over and over again. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Um, Again, we I think referring to Ray, but also not expanded upon enough to make sense. I I, I don't think. It, I think what they were going for was Ray is someone special. She's finally achieved heroism or something because Ray hasn't really done anything at this point, but Snoke. Does say there has been an awakening. Have you felt uh, like he gives yeah, that mind to Kylo? It's
1: just like in Harry Potter, you know, when Harry Potter, like, uh, makes the glass disappear, like, in the zoo or whatever. And, yeah. like, that's when he, like, gets the, the, the letter from Hogwarts being like, hey, we know you did this magic. Uh, you shouldn't, don't do that. Uh, but also come to our school. Like, it's time to learn. Like,
0: Yeah. I just find, I find it weird that, like, because Ray hasn't used any, for, well, we not that we know of any Force abilities at this point. Um, well, did
2: she, has she been, uh, well, yeah, because – yeah, she did because, remember, um she blocked Kylo Ren from getting into her mind.
1: She not hasn't a, met Kylo Ren yet. Not at this point, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, my bad. No, she, she hasn't so met Kylo right. Ren yet. Yeah. yeah.
0: But either way, it, 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 I guess it is what it is. Um And then they go to Moscow's planet, which I think is also – like like I'm telling you guys, the first half of this movie – didn't miss a beat like Maz Kanata's planet was so cool and I love Maz Kanata's character oh, she's where got the it? glasses that she like yeah. zooms in and out on where's I love my, that character. where's my boyfriend yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so good yeah, I like that Wookiee you know like yeah. that is such a, <laughs> such a likable good character um but be- before we actually get there Han it gives Ray a blaster and he offers her a job and Ray is like super insistent on going back to Jakku to her family, and I think this was one of the those first scenes where it's like there's something odd with Ray, like she needs to get back to Jakku. I think that was a foreshadowing of J.J. Abrams' original story. Why is Ray trying to get back to Jakku so badly, and why would she turn down a job to get off that desert rock? Yeah.
1: With the legend, Han Solo himself, the right. general, no, the smuggler.
0: Yeah. it's so right. <laughs> And th- that, that was the first scene to me. Cause I think this, this Maz Kanata, I don't know the name of the planet, but this, this planet scenes are very foreshadowing and they're extremely important to the plot. Cause obviously this is where Ray later finds the lightsaber. Um, but obviously Ray turns down Han Solo and they move on to the bar where one of the patrons immediately recognizes them. We already talked about Maz Kanata. Um, talking about Chewbacca. But she ma- tells Han that she's not going to help them. And that Han needs to go see Leia himself. She, goes, she says, it's been far too long. You've been avoiding this right. fight. Which leads us to believe that Han left when Kylo turned to the dark side. And it's like... That, that, that was my biggest problem with Han and Leia's writing is that, like, really? Like, you guys just... Gave up? Yeah, you guys like, oh, well, Ben, Ben you know, turned to the dark side, and I guess that's that. <laughs> like, it, it, I don't know. It's really it's weird. It's so
1: weird, though, because it's just like, okay, like, let's... I, I don't have children, but it's like, I don't know, like, what if your kid just killed so many people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then joined, like, a militia where he killed so many more people like I don't know if like you'd consider that kid dead to you like I don't have a child
2: no you never would and you would do a a parent would always
0: fight for them to try and get them back but especially and like this is um, because we see a scene around this time of, of Kylo talking to Vader through the helmet and I wrote down specifically here did no one tell him that Vader went back to the light side at the end of his life and like had a redemption, and like like didn't die as Darth Vader. He died as Anakin. That was Anakin and Darth Vader's whole character arc, right? Was that he yeah. was redeemed at the end of his life? And I guess Luke was just like he didn't tell him that story. I don't know. I I, I it's never expanded upon. I
1: don't, know, I don't know man no one ever follows in hitler's footsteps because they're like you know what i actually want to be a painter like that's not like the part that they talk about you know like True. It, it's like also he was good for like five minutes i'm sorry like it was i agree it was, it was such right. a weak ass <laughs> like technically redeemed but that is like repenting at the last second and getting into heaven you know yeah like, it's like a,
0: a mass murderer like seeing a, a priest right before he gets executed yeah like, I like, understand like, what so you're we're saying. good right like we're good <laughs> like yeah it's just it it is weird to me that like because he specifically calls him grandfather. You can tell he's trying to follow in Vader's footsteps, but he's like, you know, I don't know if I I feel but, the pull of the light again. Mm.
2: So this is what I thought about last night on that scene. That's where I think Snope fed him lies, or in the end, now we know Palpatine fed uh-huh. him lies.
0: Yeah, you know, that's fair. Fed him lies
2: about his grandfather.
0: Yeah. Which makes sense because Palpatine, I think, later we see, was trying to take over his body or something like that. Um, Isn't that weird now that we watch that?
2: We know that uh, Palpatine, that was his, like, his spirit was in well, uh, Snoke?
0: No, it just makes me sad. It makes me sad that, like, I watched this movie and I'm like, oh, the potential yeah, that we had. Definitely. You know, and that they just couldn't. Find a cadence or like agree upon something. It's, I'm, it, st- I think it's very I'm so
1: excited to talk about episode eight because I feel like episode eight is probably the one you guys have the most problems with.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Right? And like, just two parts of it. that's... Like, funny. episode nine is like a mess. Like, plot wise, yeah. it yes. is a mess, but it is at least like a fun movie where cool visual stuff happens. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, and so I'm really excited
1: to talk about eight, about this stuff in particular.
0: Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that, too. Because I, I think, like, like I said, the, th- the reason I wanted to do this was because we all have vastly different opinions. But we all know that we can have a sit-down, open-minded, and intellectual conversation about the criticism of these movies. And I think that's really interesting because you don't see that often when it comes to these Star Wars movies. It's always vitriol and anger. Oh, God. Well,
1: then yeah. it's so extreme one way or the other. Yeah. And right. so the fact that, like, I, I am, like, net positive. But it's not, like, you know, I'm not... It's not like that great, <laughs> you know? but, it, but it is like net positive. Like it is a good opinion of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. I think it is the second best you're neutral. And uh, the fact that Kyle, or sorry, coach, like you're more negative. I think is just like super interesting, but I think it's because we're all so like tenuously where we are that we're able to do it. We're like, I totally yeah. understand why someone doesn't like it. I totally understand why someone's right. completely ambivalent to it. Like yeah. I, I understand
0: your position's, Perfectly well, <laughs> and I think it's important. That's, that's why I wanted to have this because we, we I, I feel like no one gets to talk about this like this, you know. Um, but let's move on because I feel like yeah we we are slowly crawling through the the plot of the movie. Um, Mas Kanata does her like amazing scene to Finn where she opens her eyes and she's like, "You're not who you say you are," you know. Um, and then she, Finn got offended.
2: You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've been. Yeah. You don't know what I've seen.
0: What What's she doing solo? Yeah, that was great. She said she, she's been around. She's been around for a long time, and she's seen the same eyes in a lot of people. And I thought that was a great scene because it not only was like a metaphor, in my opinion, for him being a stormtrooper and seeing the same eyes in like a lot of people, but also she says he's running from something, and it's so yeah. obvious because he's like a terrible liar in this movie. <laughs> like he's like the worst liar of all time um and then she like reluctantly gives him a way out um and then this is where the really important scene that we were talking about earlier is where finn and ray get up up from the table and leave maz looks at han solo and says like so who's the girl and right before han can answer that scene it, it cuts over yeah. to finn again
2: and that, I think, is J.J. Abrams' way of having us talk about this for the next three years until yeah. um, episode eight. That was his
0: his way of, you know, that was his storytelling. I agree, but I still think there was originally a plan for Ray. I still think she was supposed to originally be a Kenobi, and they scrapped that for whatever reason – um, maybe Ryan Johnson didn't like it, or maybe Kathleen Kennedy didn't like it. Who knows? And I think at some point, she was probably supposed to be Luke's daughter as well, because it too much makes sense about these things.
2: Well, somehow the original script's going to come out, and we're
0: going to read it, and we're going to have a laugh. Disney probably found every copy of those things and burned them immediately, because they were like, we can't have this kind of thing get out. <laughs> um, but then the... Scene where Finn finally tells Ray who he is, comes out. He asks Ray to come with him, sort of like a proposal. Of, I, I I took it like a romance type proposal, but I don't I don't know. Uh, Ray obviously says no because you know she is the main character. But then Ray kind of feels what I took as like a pull, almost, and starts exploring Maz Kanata's cantina.
2: Well, she heard the girl. Yeah she heard her crying as a baby
0: yes so there's there's a pool which is interesting because it leads her right to luke's lightsaber and when she touches it she has a a a vision and i took this as a force echo which has been in the the series before that's in jedi fallen order a lot the, the force echo abilities but then when you analyze the scene it can't be a force echo because she has a vision of the future in it as well and well, this is maybe the most important scene in the movie in my opinion
1: yeah no i agree it is um on know real quick sorry this podcast is obviously going to be super long like i think it's gonna be like two and a half hours just to cover everything but it's yeah, a, a big movie with a lot of opinions it will go smoother in the later episodes but like in episode five like in uh, empire strikes back when luke goes into the cave and like mm-hmm. takes a swing at that darth vader and like the head rolls off a mask pops open and it's luke Mm-hmm. what do we think that was
0: that in my I always thought that was the force the force was really constant because it's specifically called the force cave I think in the literature
1: sure but I, I'm not going on that I'm just going by the movie like um oh I, I guess oh, no, I guess because like force echoes aren't a thing in the movies like I guess we do have to like bring in EU stuff and like extended stuff, but like I don't know, like was that a vision? Was that like a an actual like embodiment of the force? Like did he really take a swing at something that I assume then like dissipated? Like what do we think happened there? And well, is I think this that was the yeah, equivalent think, of it.
0: I think that was a vision of Luke, Luke's fear of becoming Darth Vader, sure. because we know originally George Lucas, the the, the original scene for Return of the Jedi which is awful, was Luke putting on the Vader helmet at the end of that movie and becoming the next Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. This was, and when when you take that into context, I think this was Luke's maybe dark side and him afraid Self- of that. Self-doubt, yeah. I but, don't know. And so,
1: but like, is this the, is this uh, Force Awakens equivalent of that or is it something different?
0: I think it's something different. Okay. Because I, I wrote down all the things that happen in this scene. It opens up with, uh, you can hear once again, young Ray screaming, no. And then you get a quote from Yoda about the Force. Uh, its energy surrounds us, binds us. And then you get the vision of Luke screaming, no. And Luke in R2-D2 at what we assume is the ruined Jedi Temple with him touching R2-D2. And then we get Kylo and the Knights of Ren with like 100 dead bodies around them. And that's what Coach was talking about earlier. Someone gets stabbed. We assumed it was a Knight of Ren. It's never implicitly said. Um, and then she has another flash of her parents leaving. And then what the really interesting thing that I thought when I watched this again was she has an exact vision of the upcoming battle with Kylo, of the future. Um, and then she hears Obi Wan say, "Ray, these are your first steps." So. Did Obi-Wan
2: say that at any point?
1: No. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he says these are your first steps into a deeper world. Like, he says that to Luke in a... Does he? Yeah, in episode four.
0: They were wow. in... After he did the um, the training...
1: Yeah, like, ball, with the right? visor down.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. But he... But in this... And I only know this because of the subtitles, by the way. I watched it with the subtitles. Same. I always watch it with subtitles. Obi-Wan Same. specifically said, "Ray, question mark. Like wondering if it was her and then it said he said these are your first steps as she falls back and let's go to lightsaber so obi-wan is specifically talking to ray if we assume it's obi-wan's force goes which i always did Mm -hmm. but it could also be a force echo of the lightsaber um but what do you what do we think about this scene what is this scene in the the context of i don't know
2: man i'm still like confused as to (laughs) what all that was. Yeah, this is the great tease. Like, there's tease, a lot man. going on. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, George.
1: Uh, this is the great tease. This is like when you're reading a comic book and there's like, oh yeah, we haven't heard from this person in a while. We think he's gone crazy. And they like go over to his apartment and there's like a chalkboard just full of like stuff. And it's, it's like, those are the stories that you're gonna be reading in DC Comics for the next like year and a half. You know, like yeah. this was totally that. Like, I thought for sure she was part of the Jedi Academy and then she had like amnesia. I thought for sure we were gonna like actually get that. Like I thought every scene in this moment was going to be extrapolated, like in further material. Like I thought it was right. just the great tease, and like the whole thing will make sense by the end of the third movie in the trilogy. Like we will understand right. the context behind all this. A little right. frustrating that we didn't get there.
0: Uh. yeah, I know. <laughs> extremely frustrating. Extremely um real quick before we move on, I'm gonna pause the recording. Now we can go to the bathroom, get a drink. All right. We are okay. we're so close to done.
1: I think we got like another half hour on us, and then we're and then we're good.
0: I know. I guess I, I, I got I gotta Yeah, piss go. so bad. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. Get in. Um all right, we're back. Coach, so you didn't really give us your thoughts on the lightsaber scene. What 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 do you think? You just said you didn't know, but what when you looked at this, when you thought about it, what did you see? I mean, it's something I I thought about
2: that for the next three years. Right. I, I tried to figure out how is that going to relate to who Ray is? Right. Was Ray at the temple? That's my biggest thing. And I kept asking that was why did they show her at the temple? Right. You know, I, I'm assuming that was the temple, but why was she there? And then when I remember that point where he had that, I, I don't know if this is his first or his second tantrum, but he said with a girl and yes. then he like freaked out. So yeah. I'm like, okay. So I took that freak out with the vision or whatever that was, memory, you know, lost memory. And I'm like, okay, they got to know each other,
0: right? Are, are they cousins? You know,
2: that's it's, my. There's that's,
0: so much foreshadowing with race character, so much. Now, yeah. George, I want to ask you specifically because you like Episode Eight. Do you think Ryan Johnson? pulled, like, a a nosedive for Ray's story? Or do you think that, like, there really wasn't a plan?
1: I think that there was a plan, and I think, we'll get into it specifically in episode 8, but I think the whole idea behind The Last Jedi was that, like, this, like, aristocracy of this one family being the most important in the galaxy is BS. Like, I Mm -hmm. can't have this person be just, like, another Skywalker. Like, we have to start telling different stories in a universe this big. And like, I understand that feeling, but if you really feel that way, like, dude, direct your own trilogy, (laughs) like direct, direct something that's not one of the mainline movies. Like that's, um, I, I like episode eight, the least, I still like it, but I like it the least of the three. Uh, but like, it seemed like you're right. Like that was just like a total middle finger to the whole hero's journey thing. Mm -hmm. Like, and, uh, I do think it's like not a coincidence that like that happened right around the time that like Trump was elected president like, uh, just strictly because of like the populist message that got Trump president, you know, like the fact that he was like reaching out to uh, people like outside of cities in particular, like rural communities who felt like neglected and ignored. And they felt like it was, you know, they couldn't compete with like the interests of people in the cities and like big lobby groups. Like it was like that messaging about like, that sort of political platform as opposed to just being like strong art. He's just like, I'm going to be a different kind of Republican. Mm. And like, that was like the same time that like Ray was just like, no, dude, you're literally just a freaking nobody. Like you could not matter less. Like you are not important in the grand scheme of the galaxy. Like I don't think it's a coincidence that like those two things were like kind of happening simultaneously. And I, th- I think that's like one of the more fascinating parts of that movie, but in this movie in particular, it, they were so setting up the pieces for her to be someone important.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you agree. Cause I, I was I was thinking going into this that you probably didn't think that but I'm glad I'm glad you agree as a film major that they were they're obviously setting things up um because after that Maz offers the lightsaber to Rey Maz apparently hears that or something comes down offers the lightsaber to Rey and Rey almost has like a reactionary response to it like she can't take the lightsaber and then runs away into the forest, at, like, uh, like almost like having like, sort of like a panic attack type situation. I took it. Um, and then and after. Then all the hell breaks loose. Well, yeah. So after she runs into the forest, Hux, the, the scene cuts to Hux on Starkiller Base. This is when he launches Starkiller Base's laser attack on the Republic. Um, in a scene that, in my opinion, falls very short of the emotional response that they probably went for. When I watched that scene, I'm like, okay, there's a, a bunch of planets. We don't know with a bunch of people we don't care about. Yeah. It
1: had no meaning. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. The Republic's gone. We haven't even seen the Republic. <laughs> well, again,
1: also it, it's like the ninth war crime that they've committed at this point. Yeah. And like I'm very anti-war crime. I'm not condoning th- what they did, but also there was just no weight to what they did besides like, yeah. look at them be horrible and kill Seven planets at once. Oh, yeah. But,
2: and and it was the opposite effect of when um,
1: Alderaan. you know, the
2: death. Yeah, exactly. Because Leia was there, you know, and she said the the rebel base was on Dantooine and it wasn't there. And then, ah, you know, then Moth's like, you're far too uh,
0: trusting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So then they took it out and then it had meaning, right? Because even uh, Obi Wan felt it. Yeah. And he's going million miles an hour, right? In the yeah. <laughs> millennium falcon. So and then this one it was just like, You're right, Seth, like eh. or George also is
0: like okay, and Yeah, exactly. Terrible, but yeah. like yeah. you know, <laughs> I have no relation to any of these planets or characters. I'm like, okay, I, I, right, a bunch right. of people are dying in a movie, I guess. Well, that and there's like a,
1: there's a young black woman who's like prominently featured in like one of the shots, like as like the lasers, like descending onto her planet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, I know that that was a person who like had scenes that were cut, <laughs> but like they left that scene in, you know? And so it's just like, right. oh man, I, I probably would have cared more if you guys had left yeah. those other scenes in there, you know, <laughs> like yeah. probably would have meant more, but it, you didn't. So I can't.
0: Um, it's not on me. But the weird thing is that the first order then launches an attack on Mas Kanata's planet, and you know, well we'll get we'll get to the weird thing. But, um, Maz then gives the lightsaber to Finn, who takes it like anyone would, and he just starts icing stormtroopers right, and. He meets this stormtrooper who screams, you know, traitor, and does the, the famous, like, spinny, spinny shock trooper thing. <laughs> and that was interesting because right after episode seven came out, they made the comic book with Finn in it. That guy was actually a training partner of Finn's coming up through, like, the stormtrooper academy, I guess. And they had like a rivalry. There's like this whole backstory between this one stormtrooper that did that had this fight with him, um, who then just gets obliterated by Chewbacca's bowcaster. Oh, incredible! Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. before that, remember though,
2: he 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 kicked. Uh, he got uh, Finn down on the ground. Like yeah, he, he was about disastrous. to finish Finn. Yeah, um, and see, I was okay with that, even though he's swinging around. Luke and that's Anakin's uh lightsaber, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anakin's so, Yeah, I say Anakin because I like Anakin more. But anyways, so he's trying to do his best. And I took it as okay, he had um basic, you know, training on how to use uh those the shock things, right? Yeah. Because that's what they use to fight Jedi. Right. right. So so when he picked up that
0: lightsaber, he kind of knew how
2: to, you know, deal yeah, everyone with
0: it. everyone's seen how to swing a sword, right? Yeah. Could you, could, like, I've had basic sword training. Could I hold my own against, like, a samurai grandmaster? No. But I'm better than the average person.
1: Yeah, no. and also it's just like that guy. It's just like, all right, is he, like, special forces? Probably not. Like, yeah. is he a private in the army? Maybe. Also, like, they seem kind of, like, like, low on troops. Is he, like, uh, like the equivalent of, like, a mall guard? Like, is he just, like, someone <laughs> from, like, the, you know, like, the detention... Yeah. yeah, is he just, like, from the detention center on some Star Destroyer, but he was just, like, oh, well, no, like, I need to do this for my first... Well, era. I mean, like, Finn yeah. was,
2: uh... In yeah, he's a
1: janitor, that- man!
0: Yeah, exactly! Yeah. <laughs> so, if I remember correctly oh, about the story, and I, I'm sorry, it's been so long since I read it. But I think Finn consistently beat this guy in like their training, like their their combat arts training, and they that that developed like a grudge rivalry almost from that guy. They made this whole backstory for this character, which was completely unneeded. That's, but, awesome. That's awesome, though.
1: Yeah. It's so, it's still so weird to me that he, like, recognized Finn. And I guess I yeah. never thought about it, but, like, I was just like, oh, yeah, I guess they would have seen each other with their helmets off. But, yeah. like, at first I was like, how do you know that that guy was, <laughs> that that guy was, like, a trooper? He was always wearing a helmet. Like, I just never really yeah. put two and two together. Because, like, can you imagine any of the stormtroopers from the original trilogy with their helmets off? No, it's yeah. weird to think about. Right? But this is, like, the first time you're seeing this type of yeah. thing. Since the original trilogy, and just like, huh, yeah, I guess you're right. They would have taken the helmet. That's weird. That, yeah, probably in the commissary, yeah. you know, eating snacks <laughs> yeah, with exactly. their helmets off. Well, <laughs> there was that
2: one episode or two episodes in uh Rebels where they were um uh Ezra went undercover and he was in the uh stormtrooper uh, yeah. Academy, right? Program, yeah. right? I that. So That's they would take their helmets
0: off, right? Yeah. Mm. I, f- I remember that, thing now. that. That's uh that's a great that's a great episode. Yeah, I completely it forgot about. Um, so where are we at here? Finn, yeah, Finn, Finn has that great scene, and this is the scene we were talking about earlier with the bowcaster. That we kind of alluded to the bowcaster is featured so prominently in this scene where not only are people getting hit by it, but Han uses it, and when people get hit by it, they get obliterated they start flying well
2: not only that but i saw parts of their um armor fly off
0: yeah which you don't see really right you 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 really ever see that before so when you do see that they make they make it very clear this bowcaster has a lot of heat behind it when it smacks somebody it sends them into orbit which i think is awesome yeah um but also relevant for later on, which we're, we're, right. we, we're going to talk about. Um, but then they start getting pushed back. The resistance comes to the rescue in that great scene that we have with Poe that we, we were talking about earlier. And, you know, where he's sniping people on the ground. Um, really powerful scene. I had a lot of questions about it. I was like, Okay how did they know there was a battle going on here? And why were they not on those Republic planets that were blown up? And like, where do they come from so fast? You know, like I, I had a lot of questions about, i don't what's know what's going on with this. they scene. travel
1: at light speed who gives a crap where they were coming from well um, yeah i mean i, I assume yeah, this I is all like local stuff and like Mascanada probably call like as soon as her house got blown up i assume she made some phone calls because she knew who Han was she knew who leia was and like she knew like That's their funny. marriage was like on the rock so like i assume she's got like you know so, at least someone on speed dial who could like a
2: red phone like yeah exactly leia, get over look.
0: here your hubby is in trouble so yeah. I guess we have to assume that there was an eighth planet of the Republic that Leia and – Well, like, remember like, though, like I told you, is the resistance okay. is,
2: is not really part – it is part of the Republic, but they're just like, yeah, you guys do whatever you
0: want. like Also, I, I, I forgot to write this down, but I remember reading about it. In the book Bloodlines, it goes over Leia's political history and how she was a, a large figure in the Republic. And then it, I guess there's this really interesting – part of her story that comes out where it comes out that vader was her dad and it absolutely tanks her political yeah, career i heard about
1: that oh that's awesome yeah that's, yeah. Really, that's really cool
0: <laughs> there's like a propaganda campaign launched against her that actually tanks her political career which i think is amazing it's, it's
1: how it's could so you cool. prove that though i mean like you burned vader's body <laughs> know. you know and like the, is there any record that shows that anakin skywalker became darth vader and she's just like but my last name's organa yeah there's no paternity test He right. he's not the father yeah
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't read the book, but I read about the book. and Think I, about I, I how old she is,
2: and she's probably like, you know what? I'm done.
0: I'm done with working
2: with these people. Because from the beginning – well, I guess from the beginning of End of Return of the Jedi, she always had issues working with politicians, mm-hmm. bureaucrats. So she probably is like, you know what? Screw this. F you guys, I'm out. Yeah, she I'm probably dancing.
1: she probably didn't even like him when she was like working in the Senate. She just liked them more than she hated like the Emperor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but speaking of Leia, after the resistance comes and saves the day, uh Leia lands, we get a reunion between Han and Leia. Oh no, that didn't happen yet. We we have to have Rey versus Kylo, number one, where Kylo suspends Rey, pretty much just isolates her. And does like a, a weird like finger clip thing where he knocks her unconscious. Oh,
1: yeah, he does like a literal like mind wipe where it looks like he just like yeah. wipes across her forehead and she just like falls like one of those like yeah. push puppet dolls like the wooden uh, ones. Yeah, right.
0: But what, what I what I wrote down for this specific scene was that, and I and again props to Daisy Ridley because when Kylo froze her, you could really see like the terror. She was having because not only was she having a panic attack from this crazy force vision she had, but all of a sudden Kylo Ren is standing in front of her, and blocking all her blaster bolts. She had never seen someone with a lightsaber before, right? He's blocking all these blaster bolts she's firing at him. She's probably never seen that. That, that that's crazy enough as it is. But I mean, he's got this black robe. He freezes her. She can't move. He's talking to her. I mean, that is a horrifying situation, and I'll Daisy really sold it perfectly. Have
1: you guys ever had sleep paralysis?
0: yes but uh, but fortunately for me i knew what was going on beforehand
1: uh i did not the first time and i just i like i think i remembered the word sleep paralysis and just kind of like kind of assumed that's what it was but i was just like mm-hmm. did i die like am i dead because like i can't open my eyes i can't move my body <laughs> right whatsoever i
2: i had that happen and i literally thought it was satan yeah right <laughs> like... i because lit- i didn't know about those sleep paralysis and mm-hmm. i had it probably like three times and i was just like i thought it was satan You know, I, I, but then, uh, but you know, it's funny as you bring that up the other night, not last night, but the night before I had a dream that somebody came into the house. Like I thought it was real and they grabbed my neck and I was trying to lift up. So I had like a minor sleep paralysis because I couldn't. And then I remember I just let loose a little bit. And then I like jumped up (laughs) and I, I literally woke up and was like jumping out of bed. I was like. That was a weird moment. So
1: that's funny to bring that up. Well, yeah, that's like the feeling I got when he like froze her, and I was just like, "Oh no!" Like that's actually a nightmare of mine. Like this is like terrifying that he's able to like have this power over someone else.
0: Yeah, he had complete control over. He freezes her. It's like interrogating her right there. Realizes like, "Oh, I I need so like more time. I need to like handle this on the ship." Does like like I said that that thing which we haven't ever seen before that or since then where he just wipes her out completely which I think is like interesting because you imagine if Kylo Ren has the ability to like pull information from someone's head, freeze them it makes sense that he'd be able to just knock someone out as well, just like completely shut their consciousness off so then he takes Rey and carries her into the ship Han sees her, Finn freaks out Um and they fly away but then Leia comes down
2: but first you gotta... You can't forget. You see Han looking at Kylo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Han sees that's-, that's it. Han sees him and Kylo he sees Kylo carrying Rey into the ship and then fly away. So Han's like, Oh, there's my child. Right. <laughs> my Satan dark side child. <laughs> um but, yeah, then, then Leia comes down. They have a nice reunion where she's like, ah, same jacket. And he's like, no, a new jacket. You changed your hair. And It was interesting because I felt like we were getting a reunion. I think that's what they were going for, the fact that we were getting a reunion more than those two were getting a reunion because that's what it felt like to me was like
2: – But it wasn't on happy terms. That's the thing. That's what clouded the whole – them two get back together. It wasn't on happy terms. It wasn't like, oh, sweetie, come here.
0: And like, still I saw enough. him. I felt like there was obviously conflict going on in their relationship. But to me, it felt like even, even though that was happening, they were still happy to see each other for the first time forever. That's what, it's, that's what it came off like to yeah. me. Um, but yeah, I thought it was funny. He was like, no, new jacket. But it's the same exact jacket. But <laughs> He bought the same one. Uh, and then we get Chewbacca obviously hugging Leia, which is a sweet oh, yeah. scene, you know. And...
1: It's it's funny. It reminded me a lot of uh, the remember like the old TV movie it where like the kids finally like reunite after like for their like high school reunion because like someone dies yeah. or whatever. Like it had that same sort of vibe where it's just like, oh hey, it's good to see you. I'm glad tragedy could bring us together once again. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, it, was, it was so
2: depressing.
0: Yeah. but <laughs> it, it was it, it was a depressing reunion. But to to be fair. The scenes where Han and Leia are together, to me, it felt like they didn't skip a beat. Like, their characters just came back together so good. Where they're, you know, later in the movie, they're going through the plans, and Leia's like, don't say, or Han's like, I'm trying my best, or whatever. I forget what exactly he exactly says. And, and Leia's like, when did that ever help? And don't say the Death Star. I'm like, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> that's exactly that, that, what that's I would funny. imagine them saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: also, we're basically fighting the Death Star. So, like, what yeah. do we want? Like, we, we have the playbook, you know? <laughs> like,
0: Big giant Death Star. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then we we get the scene of... Well, I guess it's exactly the scene we're talking about where uh, Han and Leia are talking. And Han just goes, I just think there's too much Vader in him. And I wrote down next i was like they, they they, really really just gave up on him
1: also that's Thank such an incredible because that's like this wasn't my fault at all it was your crappy dad's fault oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's just him yeah. completely shirking responsibility it's just like huh i wonder if like the loner drug dealing smuggler i wonder if that had any influence on their son's like less than stellar outcome alco- no it was like the space nazi father uh, grandfather <laughs> like it's gotta be can't can't be me, no no sir, no not me not now, <laughs> right? Like who would have
0: who would have guessed Han Solo's is not a great
1: dad? Yeah, this thought? is
0: like a typical dysfunctional family almost. Yeah, but yeah, they, they I just I start they just gave up on him, and I just can't get over that. After the, the, I realized that when watching this movie this last time, I was like,
1: well, it's like it's hard to feel bad for Kylo, like he, he was always scared of being abandoned. They like really show that in Episode Eight, and then like everyone
0: proved him right, you yeah. know. Except for Snoke. Because <laughs> again, we find out later, Leia was a trained Jedi. And she was, according to episode 9, just as good as Luke, mm. if not better. She could have done something. But if we take all the movies, stories at face value, literally, she just chose not to.
2: Right. And she like, could have said, hey, twin brother, we need to go get your nephew, my son, because this Snoke, you and I are going to have to take him out. Right, and we're gonna die trying.
0: And I, I would also like to to say, it doesn't make sense to me that Leia never looked for Luke either. Like, I think if you really take Leia's story, it doesn't make any sense. Right. That's because... why when
2: she didn't go with when she didn't go with Ray at the end, I felt that was a little weird. Like.
1: Well, well again, you say that like she was you, like, you know, discarded from a, having a political career because of like someone finding out that Darth Vader was her father. But like, again, I'm sorry. Like if it doesn't happen in the movies, like it doesn't count, you know? Right. And so like, I assume she was too busy, like trying to run the new Republic. Like that was the vibe I got the first time I saw it, it was like, she was so consumed with her political career that like yeah, but she remember, didn't have time she... to mess off and find Luke or stick up for Kylo or, or sorry, Ben. Right. Um, but
2: at, at that point, in in the Force Awakens, she goes to uh, Jurassic Park, girl, and say, "You're my number two, and you're gonna run this shit, and I'm gonna go find my son." You know, yeah,
0: fair, you know, yeah, Lord Dern,
2: Lord Dern, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it just it's really hard to get a good grasp on Leia's character here because then she has a single conversation with Han, and she's like, "All right, go." Give him a shot. They're still good at him. I know it. And I just can't bring our son it. back. I just, yeah, bring I just our son back. Be like, why now? Obviously, Kylo Ren's been wreaking havoc across the galaxy for the last 10 years. We have to assume that. Yeah. Why now? And they just don't go into detail. Maybe there were some deleted scenes or something. Um, <laughs> it's because the cameras
1: know. are on man like i think that's like the only real explanation there is is because it's like well we didn't do it yesterday when's the best day to quit smoking cigarettes today is the best yeah. day to quit smoking cigarettes you know i
0: guess that's fair yeah um and then after that we get the kylo ren and ray interrogation scene the famous one that i think starts to kind of pull apart race character as we mentioned earlier this is the first time we see kylo ren take off his helmet because she says like something like there's this masked man trying to kill me. Wouldn't I want to kill when you want to kill him too. And he takes off the the mask and, um, there's something that slipped through. That I didn't notice before. And he says, I need your part of the map. We got the rest of it from the Imperial archives. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? Isn't that kind of like a, like a, is it kind of like a, I don't know. Came out of nowhere, right? They they just have the rest of Luke Skywalker's map from the. Imperial I don't Archives? remember him
2: saying that, so I have to go back and look at this.
1: Oh, well, they story. do because yeah. they they had like an incomplete map before, like they had the map of the galaxy or like part of the galaxy where he was in, but yeah. like not like the specific path where he was. Like the, yeah, so the I'm sorry the needed, uh, like, the resistance. Um,
0: well, no R2D2. I thought was the only one that had, yeah, had it. Yeah. the final piece. So he was looking for. The, the map that Ray had seen, but it seems like he would already had that part of the map. Not super clear. I will give you
1: that. Yeah. Um, I think this part's really interesting though, because of like what the mask means. And so like Vader was like imprisoned by his mask. Like that was like a monument right. to all of his shame. Like that was right. He was like this beautiful, arrogant person. Right. And then like his arrogance is like what cost him like his physicality. Like, You know, he went from being, he went from looking like Hayden Christensen to looking like a computer mouse, you know? Um, And so the fact that like Kylo is like electing to look like him, he takes off his helmet and he's got like a beautiful scar free face, you know, like he is completely fine, but it's just like him wanting so bad. He's just such a poser, man. Like, it's great. Like the fact that he so wants to be Darth Vader that he just like insists on wearing this helmet, even though like there's no function to the helmet besides like the he's he's doing like a. Black, uh, like Darth Vader face, basically, at that point, right? Like, yeah. he's like cu- culturally appropriating Sith culture at that point. Yeah. Too. yeah,
0: it's funny you say that because, like, he's like the anti Vader. He's yeah. like the complete opposite of Darth Vader, and he doesn't realize it because Darth Vader, like you said, was imprisoned by a suit. He hated his suit. He tried to get another suit built, and the Empire shut it down, or the, the Emperor shut it down. And the Emperor made the suit purposefully painful for Vader to wear to increase his power to make him more hateful you know and and kylo ren doesn't know any of that he just knows that vader wore all black and had a helmet and was a bad guy it seems like and it's like yeah i can't take this guy seriously because he's just like like we said earlier like a bratty kid who's a poser and i think it's i think i think it's amazing that i think it's exactly what they were going for too it seems like it was
1: well, it's like, um, you know, when you're 12 years old and you listen to the Smiths and you're like, this is incredible. But like, you don't understand the Smiths until you're like 20. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I like the cure. It's like, no, you don't, man. You don't understand them yet. <laughs> Wait a second.
0: But then there's the scene we talked about earlier where, you know, he tries to pull the information from Ray, interrogator, and Ray overpowers them, reverses it. And she says the really important line to Kyla's character that she senses all his fear and that he's afraid he's never going to be as powerful as Darth Vader. Which is, like, something that I feel like is obvious from his character, but that he had never come face-to-face with before at that point.
2: That was <sighs> so a maybe, big slap in the face, a big wake-up for him.
0: Right.
1: He's like, hmm? Also, super meta again, you know, scared that like this villain's not going to be as iconic as Darth Vader. And like, no one ever was. I'm sorry. Darth Vader is like one of the most iconic, if not straight up the most iconic villain of all time. Like no one's going to compete with him. I'm sorry. Um,
0: Anybody can see a silhouette of Vader and know exactly who it is.
1: They can can hear a picture of Darth Vader, you know, like that's how pronounced he is. And like in the... Public self, con- uh, subconscious. Like he's just there at all times. Yes. And so, like, yeah, dude, you were never going to be as as powerful as Darth Vader. I'm sorry, you were never going to have the cultural impact that Darth Vader was. Um. And so that's right. another like I think meta textual line, which I think is just like awesome, but also frustrating. I, I don't know really
0: how to feel about. it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like I said, I have a, I have a lot of problems with the scene. I think it, it breaks down not on the Ray's character. I think it breaks down Kylo's character. It's really. In my opinion, for me, like I said, I love this movie. This is the worst part of it, is they just give Ray everything she needs. I don't know the reason behind it. I don't know what they were going for. Like I said, I think they probably had a bigger... I think this was probably meant to be uh, another foreshadowing of who she was, but it didn't end up working out. So now I kind of look at this this scene with a little bit more disappointment. And then I don't remember exactly why Kylo leaves but he walks out and then Ray uses the, the force influence to influence Daniel Craig's character like we talked about earlier and gets out on her own and then Kylo sees Ray missing and has his meltdown number two um, which I think is I think this one's really funny because this is when the, the stormtroopers come around the yeah. corner and they hear him having a meltdown like it's every just, other Saturday
1: so good it's uh, and they just turn around and so good <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, they're they're like, oh, he the, the, here we go again, and they knew exactly what was happening, and they just left, which I think is amazing because that's another like thing we're talking about with Kyla's character, like where they amplify the fact that he is this like dude who cannot handle any stress whatsoever and just breaks down at the first sign of stress and not getting his way, which I think is incredible. Um, and then they decide they're going to launch Star Killers base again do you guys remember where they were launching it
2: they were going to launch it at the um where the rebels or where the resistance was
0: seems a little bit overkill for one planet but whatever um and then we see like a classic scene of the resistance and the rebellion talking about how talking about starkiller base and the, the thing i hate the most is they're just like oh we have to destabilize the core there must be an entry point somewhere so it's, it's just like like you said george just like a new hope like just like a new hope and episode six by the way where they're like oh there's a weak point right here we'll just get right in there and blow it up <laughs> which is
1: funny because they kind of invalidated that as the movies went on, right? Because like we find out that like the reason it was easy to blow up the first Death Star was because Mad's Mickelson made it so it was easy to blow up the first right. Death Star, <laughs>
0: and right. so it's
1: like, all right, what's your excuse this time, guys? Because uh, you didn't have a sympathetic rebel designing the specs on Planet Star Killer, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, and it's just and like this uh, is I... where,
2: to me, this is where it starts to crumble. Yeah. And the fact that
0: okay, it just. It the pieces fit too perfect, you know. Yeah. So, because um, yeah, then Finn starts talking about the the shields and um, and they they, they create this plan to destabilize the core. But there's either way the resistance moves out and Han and Leia get one last kind of like bittersweet moment together, and then they start enacting the plan to rescue Ray and blow up star killer base before it gets this last shot off and kills a whole bunch more people classic kind of heroics and there's this really weird scene where Hans like I'm gonna just gonna l- jump through their shields at light speed and Finn's like you can do that and Hans like I never asked that question until after I've done it <laughs> it's
1: like, well, I mean he he didn't do something dissimilar earlier in the movie, right? Like didn't they light speed out of like the big ship they were in with like the weird monsters? Like didn't yes. they go through the door? Like they didn't like blast a hole in it first, right? Like they literally light sped through the door. Yes. All right. That is super weird. And, like, that's not technically wrong, because, like, there is, like, that's what, like, quantum tunneling is. It's just, like, the idea that, like, an electron can be outside. Like, there could be something between an electron and, like, its nuclear core. Like, like that's right. totally a thing that's, like, being discussed in science. I barely understand it, but I understand, like, the the, the most basic principles of it. Um, right it's like I guess yeah if you're going fast enough and like you're just like doing like trans matter material like yeah why not like also this, this film series stars space wizards so like yeah. again it's like one of those things where like I I don't know if I would enjoy it more if there was like such a rigid structure of what's possible or what's not possible but this is like the closest I can get to being like it's getting a little ridiculous
0: yeah <laughs> like or Hans Han Solo is able to make like reactions at light speed is where I kind of fall apart I'm like all right i all right <laughs>
1: maybe when you were younger definitely yeah. not now
0: maybe yeah. anakin but not
1: you know. I, I would
0: i would stretch for that too but yeah. either way they land they crash land on uh Starkiller base and we have this amazing scene where like they're trying to figure out a way and finn's like use the force yeah <laughs> he's like that's not how it works that's not how the force works <laughs> And then they, we find out that Finn was in sanitation. He wasn't like this this badass trooper that we kind of all assumed at this point he he was, or at least I did. I assumed he was like this highly trained like special ops soldier. No, I'm just a janitor. Super smart dude for a
1: janitor, though. Yeah, like, good good grief. And I don't mean that like condescendingly. I know lots of janitors are smart people, but like, and I don't know if like the knowledge he has is like basic knowledge in space because like he seems to have a lot of technical know how like a lot of technical know-how for someone who in theory should not have been briefed on such materials for mm-hmm. Star Killer base. Uh, but it is funny to be like, oh yeah, I guess there had to be stormtroopers and sanitation. Never thought about it, but yeah, <laughs> of course there would have to like, so yeah, like someone has to like kill the potatoes, man. Like,
0: right.
1: <laughs> you never think about it, but like, absolutely. No.
0: I, 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 yeah, I love it by the way. way. I love it.
1: What was that coach? I
2: said, we have a machine for
1: that. Oh, you, you do now. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you don't have, you just throw them in this thing. It's like a big sandpaper inside and it just feels oh, cool. it cool. All
1: right. Well, yeah. someone's still got to drop them in, you know, someone's right, still. there you go, yeah. there
0: you go. <laughs> By the way, I love, I love the back and forth of this part of the movie because Finn is hell bent on getting into rescue Ray, right? And this whole time Ray is like, actually, I'm just going to walk out of here on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good on my own, <laughs> you know? Um, and then they end up getting inside the base where they find Captain Phasma once again. And she's just kind of like, she's just there and she just gets beat up. He activates the shields and throws him into gets thrown into a trash compactor, I guess.
2: That's where I was just like,
0: yeah. What, that like, was... what is the point of this character? And why didn't we just throw her out? Not even this that, scene?
2: but that would never happen. Like, she would alert people like that's just not going to happen. And what's the chances of them and that huge base running into her? Like, imagine a huge back in the day, the World Trade Center, right? And you get in there, you don't know where you're going, you know, a general area, and you just happen to run into her. You know, I just, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, when, and you gotta remember, just, like, this
0: is, this is a planet sized base, too. Right. I don't really know if the base encompasses the whole planet, but we can assume that it's extremely large.
1: That's right. not. That's not fair, though. I mean, like, I guess it's like kind of inconsequential, you know. But like, what are the odds that when escaping Naboo, that the ship would crash land near Mos Espa, which is where Anakin Skywalker was? Like, what are the chances? You know, that's like, I, I, like you can just do that for so much stuff that I feel like it's that's not fair. fair to do it here.
0: Yeah. Well, right.
2: but the thing is, is like, but she being so high up she's not just going to be like okay I surrender I'll go ahead and turn it off yeah. she would never do that someone that high up
0: would not do that I kind I of agree. agree I think it's a, it's, a, it's a weird scene and it it's, it's I really hate Captain Phasma's character I really do I hate that character and I I think it's 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 because of stuff like this where it's like she doesn't do anything over three movies besides like is just there kind of and I I I thought she died like three times Throughout these movies. And she just keeps coming back. Is she in the third one? No. Yeah. No. Is she not?
1: No.
2: Because you remember her eye. You could see her eye in the second one.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because I I was thinking the battle with Finn happened in the third one. But it does happen in the second one. Um, Yeah, she just keeps coming back. I hate Phasma's character. Um, But then we we, kind of move into the end of the movie, right? Because right after this is when... Han and Kylo have their confrontation. Something that I think can be taken multiple ways when they they, they meet up. Cuz and I don't know. I don't I wish I would have gotten this the authentic experience, but I had this part spoiled for me. Did did you guys get spoiled? One right of my stu-
2: Yeah, one of my students said it. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm going to go see it today. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I was I got for this. I got mugged like 2 weeks before this movie came out and I was just in like such a weird place mentally that like I didn't connect to anything.
0: Oh, really? And You're so awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got mugged in San Francisco, yeah. And so like I didn't engage with like literally anything. And then this was like the first time I like took myself out like by myself since I got mugged was to, like, go see this movie, but, like, I think I went out, like, a matinee, like, I, like, blew off classes that day, if I even had any, or, like, I think my semester had just ended, like, it was some timing where, like, I was able to do this. I had just moved apartments, and, uh, I just, like, took myself to see so I had nothing spoiled for me, but also, like, but also, you definitely got the vibe as soon as, (laughs) you're just like, oh, this is not gonna end well, and then, like, I remembered everything that, like, Harrison Ford had said about episode six, and I was like, oh,
0: no. (laughs) Like, yeah, so in my opinion, every time I watch this, I, I get the feeling that Kylo Ren wasn't lying when he was talking to Han Solo, where he was like, I I feel myself being torn apart. You know what I'm saying? Like It, it does seem like there's a lot of conflict within Kylo Ren. I think they, they give you that throughout the movies where it's like he's pretending to be someone he's not. He feels he has to be someone he's not and that really deep down we, we have this vulnerable guy who's just looking for like a mentor and a place to belong is how I, I, I view it and his dad let him down his mom let him down Luke Skywalker let him down everyone's let him down so he kind of find found his way here and now he's faced with Han Solo and he's been told forever that he needs to let go of his attachments and You know, Han Solo's his dad and he feels hurt by him. And so he ices Han Solo and probably doesn't feel any better afterwards. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of how I viewed it. Well,
2: for me, it's like, it emotionally, it didn't do anything for me. Like we, we didn't see anything with Han and Ben, you know? So like when he killed him, it was like, okay, That's that's the feeling I got, was like, okay, that happened. But it wasn't like the feeling we got when Vader said, Luke, I'm your father, right? Because we had this tension between the two, you know, a little bit in the first movie and then in an Empire, right? Right. There wasn't that same feeling when, um, when Kylo got him. You know. Luke or- But this is but this is uh this is what I enjoyed about it is you gotta think Chewy mm-hmm. is pretty much the uncle to Ben, right? To Kyle. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So he's seeing this and then without hesitation, he wanted to take out his nephew.
0: Blast him. La-
2: like he wanted to end his life right there, and you know, I mean, when I look back on it, I'm like, I I would not be surprised if if Han told Luke or Han told Chewie to change Ben's diaper, right? Like right. they had that interaction. Like sure. Ben was probably crawling all over uh, <clears throat> Chewie and stuff like that. So Chewie loved Ben.
1: Chewie right. probably but, taught him how to fly, man. You know, right?
2: <laughs> so. When he, without hesitation, boom, that, when I looked at that again, I'm like, I like that part more than I did. Because he screams,
0: Chewbacca screams out of anger. You know, that's his best Uh, friend. Yeah, dude, that's that's what I was
1: thinking. Like, there's the scene in episode four where, like, Luke yells no as Vader, like, kills Kenobi. There's the scene in episode three where Vader finds out Padme's dead and he yells no. You know, there's just, like, all these great dramatic scenes throughout. There's, like, uh, you McGregor, sorry, Obi-Wan seeing Qui-Gon Jinn die. He, get, he gets out, like, a good no. There's Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader going no, no. Like, like there's just so many great scenes with no. This one hits me the hardest. Because, like, yeah. can't understand what she was saying, but you know exactly what he's saying. <laughs> and it's, <so> like, that <laughs> yell he gave. That was
2: rage. That was rage. Yeah,
1: that yell, I feel that one in my heart, man. Like, that was such a great... Noise delivery that the <laughs> that the sound but, department and, did,
2: right? But remember, Chewie also had one in nine that was very depressing when he found out Leia died. Remember? Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah, that one. And different.
2: then uh, Ray had one when she thought Chewie died. Yeah. In
1: well, that was that's a whole the... different thing. Episode uh, yeah. nine has
0: a lot of really fast moments that I'm sure we're going to get to. I'm uh, um, yeah, I'm
1: not going to be able to defend episode nine as uh, <laughs> as, as well as I, I think I have to. But,
0: but, but, George, what is your uh, what was your take on this scene when you saw? I know you said you were in a weird place, but obviously seeing Han Solo die is
1: yeah, that that meant a lot to me. I will be honest; I always thought Indiana Jones was cooler than Han Solo growing up, but like Han Solo, sure. undeniably awesome. You know, yeah. um. But again, just like the metatextual reading about like them, like literally killing the past. Like, I, I thought that was really just like interesting and like kind of bold, but not surprising just because of how Harrison Ford did speak about episode six and how he wanted Han Solo's character to die in episode six. Right.
0: Um,
1: and so, yeah, I agree. I agree. Also, like he totally could have like put one between the eyes on Kylo, right?
0: Yes. Yes. There's a there's a great comic. I don't know if I shared it with you guys either day, but I, oh, I it's like an 8-panel eight,
1: eight comic, right? That someone yes. made about just like him seeing that and then like him like aiming for his head and then like him remembering every memory with like baby Ben and yep. then him just being like son of a bitch and then he just like aims the crossbow down yep. and like hits him in the thigh or wherever or like the hip wherever he gets him.
0: One thing I think is really amazing about this too that a lot of people forget about this scene because they're so overtaken with Han Solo dying is that Chewbacca goes absolutely buck wild here, starts blowing shit up and starts like killing people and like absolutely just in a, in a blind rage, and starts the actual destruction of Starkiller Base. Right, it, start, it starts going off the rails because of this, and then is when Rey Finn and kylo all end up in the forest yeah and we get the climax of the movie with ray getting blasted into a tree knocked unconscious and finn just doing his best (laughs) to, to hold off this jedi but george you said you had the interesting theory about the bowcaster
1: yeah. <clears throat> and so we were talking about this earlier. You, you hinted at it. Um, all we were seeing the entire movie was like how powerful this bowcaster was. Like you explained that right. like dudes are getting blasted into orbit. Yeah. Uh, they didn't even have to be hit by it. They just had to be near it and they would just be launched. Uh, right. And then Chewie hits Kylo Ren, like gets like center mass on him, you know, like, and Kylo Ren is still like standing up. So like that proves a, hey, all right, Kylo Ren kind of a badass because we saw explicitly like they very clearly demonstrated to the audience how powerful this weapon was and he took right. it and like at first I thought that this was like kind of him being a masochist I don't know if this was him just like getting like his powers or whatever but like the way he like hits his thigh like right where he was shot just to be mm-hmm. like I can take it like I can keep dishing it like I can I can keep taking it I, I thought that was like kind of incredible and like him being so weird in that entire scene because like he clearly just went through a lot like I, I'm with you I don't think he wanted to kill Han Solo. Like, I totally believe that he was conflicted. And then he just made a decision that he couldn't take back, you know? Okay,
2: real quick. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. But, okay, so, and I just thought of this. And going back to earlier what um, Seth was saying about Vader's suit, is he felt so much physical pain in that suit so that he could tap into the dark side. And I didn't realize. I was, what if he's hitting his wound to feel pain, so he could tap into the
0: dark side?
1: Very yeah, well that, that's be, yeah. kind of how
0: I viewed it. Was just like he was so full of rage that he was just like, oh. Because I've seen people do that before when they get angry. They'll they like, you know, they'll just start like hurting themselves because they're crazy. They're absolutely out of out of like you know normalcy at oh, that point. Okay, yeah. And um, I just think it's so like I feel the the desperation from Finn in this fight. Right. Where he's, we're like Kylo Ren, it comes off almost toying with him. You know, Finn yeah. is like desperately trying to like, like defend himself and Kylo Ren just pushes it up, pushes him up against the tree and uses the exhaust port to burn Finn. And I'm like, Oh, that is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that is sweet.
1: I love it too. Cause it's just like, dude, even on my worst day, you are nothing to me. You know, like, I just got shot in the leg. I just killed my dad. I got, like, a lot going on mentally right now. Um, (laughs) You're just here,
0: and I don't even care. I don't even notice you. Like, it's, it's so good. One thing I do think is BS about this fight, though, is when Kylo Ren kind of spins behind him and slashes up his whole back, Finn somehow survives that. I'm like, all right, JJ. You seen you obviously seen Star Wars before. This is not how like lightsabers are supposed to work. Well, it looks surface. Yeah.
1: It looked like a surface scratch. Like I don't I don't know. Like I don't think he like really got him. Like again, I think he was toying with him. Like he didn't I cut mean, him in I half. I do
0: too. Whatever.
1: Darth Maul was cut in half and he came back. Like what whatever, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> True. True.
0: He was Darth Vader had both
1: know. of his legs cut off and like both of his arms cut off and was like left in like a pool of lava. So like I don't know. I'm willing to forgive like if I don't see or you know like i'm
0: like all right like that's
1: fine
2: okay that's that's a good point i like that
0: point that is that is fair you you bring up a lot of counterpoints to my single argument is this the first by the way is this the first movie we don't see someone with their limb chopped off in there's a lot of limbs chopped off in star wars yeah
2: not in the first one in episode four
0: no in episode
1: four in the bar no in the bar panda baba gets his arm chopped off Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, i don't think anyone gets their limb chopped off in episode seven that's crazy i never thought about that before uh,
1: I'll be honest. I, have not, to... I did not rewatch it this week. Uh, so I I'm, I I rewatch it like two weeks ago with my dad, and so I'm like, oh, that's, that's early enough. Uh, but I will rewatch it soon and, and look for that. Um, but no, I think it's yes. awesome. Um, I I want to talk about the next part. So like Finn gets like knocked out, yes. and uh, Kylo sees like this artifact right of like Vader. You know, like this was like before he was Vader's like lightsaber, yes. and he tries to pull for it, but like the lightsaber is not coming. And then all of a sudden the lightsaber starts moving and it runs past him and it's being called to Ray and Ray is able to like outpower Kylo to grab it. And like, correct me if I'm wrong. This is like the first time we get a piece of like original star Wars music, like uh, from the original trilogy. Like this is like when the theme, like the, like when Luke's like staring at the sunset, right? Like it's like that song. Yes. I believe this is like the first time there's like a direct callback to the original trilogy. And like that moment, just yes, cuts it's also me the in,
0: first.
1: Just cuts me into like it just it, say, it wrecks me emotionally.
0: It's also the first time we get the classic lightsaber sound. There, it's it, it, it's a different sound when Ray ignites it this time. It's it's more of a classic lightsaber sound. Whereas before, when Finn had it and was just like using it, it was a different it was a different ignition sound.
2: Oh, so you think that it's because Ray is a force user that it's going to sound? It's going to have no, a no, little no. bit more
0: kick. I don't. I don't think that. I think that that was the intent by J.J. Abrams. Okay. When she grabbed it, like George said, the music hit, and we hit that. We hit that nostalgic lightsaber blast. Wow. They obviously meant for that to be like a huge moment, and it was. Um, now, what did you guys think about the lightsaber seemingly having a mind of its own? <laughs>
1: um, I didn't read it that way. I didn't either.
0: Okay, how'd you read
1: it? Just as her being like more, I guess like compelling. Worthy. Yeah, yeah I thought
2: just she was more worthy of it. Which I
1: guess, I guess you're right. Like, I guess at that point, like that does imp, like impart a little bit of agency on the lightsaber itself where it's just like, yeah. you know, the last time I was really used, I just murdered a bunch of kids.
0: Uh, so I <laughs> kind of want to redeem myself, you know? <laughs> like... Well, because they the, the imply that earlier too because Mas is like the lightsaber, it calls to you. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. And we, we never really got that impression of lightsabers before. It was always kind of... Well, the, like, these were just like, weapons built by the Jedi, but I guess... The, a more the,
1: civilized weapon from a more civilized age, yeah.
0: Since then, they, they've expanded upon the kyber crystal, I guess, and, and kind of made it seem like the kyber crystals choose the wielders as well. So I guess it does make sense in the, in the act, overall lore of Star Wars, but we, we had just until this point never seen a lightsaber act that way. Um, and then we get after that, what I think is a, an amazing lightsaber battle. I, by the way, I love the choreography in in this this fight. Coach, I agree. You're, you're shaking your head. No. Why, well, why? okay, it was good,
2: but I just I this is the part where is the biggest letdown, the second
0: biggest letdown. I, I mean I agree plot wise but the choreography the fact that something...
2: she outdueled him I'm like no
1: bro I, he just no. got shot in the thigh Still, by some by a gun that could launch people into space like that's but the she's, thing like she she's has never no, I no, just... I'm sorry I'm sorry Con- continue
2: she doesn't have the training she doesn't have the training of the lightsaber of that I mean she has her her staff right that she she knows how to use, but I just, I, I just don't see uh, a fifty percent healthy Kylo Ren lose to uh, a newbie. You know, no matter how strong in the Force she is, that was to me that was just like, come on, man. If if you didn't want her to lose, have them at a standstill and then have the, um, the, you know what you would call it, divide, right? Mm-hmm. Like it did, but don't have her whip. she kicked his ass at the end. Like it wasn't even like they dueled. And then once she felt it, like she's holding it up here. And then, you know, the force called her, then she was unstoppable.
0: Yeah. So that is the, that's the part of the fight. I do have a problem with. Um, but I will say, first of all, like I was saying, I think the choreography in these new star Wars lightsaber battles is amazing. It's, it's like very raw and emotional, especially in this fight um it's not super flashy like we saw in the prequels but it's not super like legitimate like we saw yeah it's not like technical
1: right like there's no like technical expertise like you can't tell that someone's good with a lightsaber you can just tell that they're stronger or weaker based on like how reactionary they are or something like i can't quite piece it together but like you're
0: absolutely right in the original trilogy george lucas told them to wield lightsabers like they were extremely heavy broadswords he wanted them to seem extremely heavy Mm. and they used a lot of technique and it was more of a legitimate fighting style in the prequels obviously he was going for a more flashy spinny and you know you can like both of them I, i i like both of them but the sequel lightsaber fights are my favorite because it's very much a a mixture of kind of the two where it's like very emotional the lightsaber fights are very emotional you you can really feel the impact when they smack each other's blades i really like that um but i do agree with coach the moment when she like they're in like a a lightsaber clash and she like closes her eyes and feels the force and then it like 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 gets a power up i thought that was kind of lame but i will say to the other side though Kyler Ren was injured, they did seem like they were trying to make it, it seemed through a whole movie that that injury was a big deal through the bowcaster, and he was also trying to turn Ray. he was, it seemed like he was, from my point of view, like he was taking it easy on her, okay. because he was trying to, to convince her to come over to his side, and then she kind of, she kind of took a, a cheap shot almost, not a cheap shot, but surprised him, I would say. Right, sure. Surprised okay. him.
1: <clears throat> and also now, totally, remember, that, that scene where she closes her eyes, she like stops being Ray at that point and she becomes like a conduit of the force. So like, that was the will of the force at that point. So like, that's another, like my interpretation of it, where I'm just like, okay, like she is like just channeling direct light side energy. Like, of course she's going to be able to like whoop this dude's ass. He just got shot with a mortar in the thigh, you know, like, I'm, willi- like yeah. I'm willing to overlook that, you know?
2: Yeah. Remember in episode three at the beginning when um, Anakin defeats Dooku? Oh, just hands
1: hands him his ass. Yeah. Dooku
2: is a Sith Lord at that time. But from the moment in episode two when he cuts off his hand to that point, they fought multiple times. Mm -hmm. So, and Anakin failed those times. But then, you know, that last time, he just destroyed him. And that one. That fight, I thought, was one of my favorite fights, Um, lightsabers. Like, you know, he didn't have that moment where, like, okay, I feel the force. He just, he schooled him. He took that old man behind the back and ended it for him.
1: Yeah, but again, like, like Seth was talking about, like, that feels like my technique is better than yours. Whereas, like the fighting styles I feel like directly reflect the person more than like, Oh, this is the school of Yoda or like, Oh, I was instructed by Mace Windu who is the strongest lightsaber user of the Jedi temple. You know, like it felt very like less like instructional and more reflective of the character who is bearing the lightsaber, which like, I think is interesting.
2: Yeah. Who said that someone made it in, I don't know if it was uh if it was in one of the animated movies, but they made a comment, um, oh you're uh, oh I know it was in Jedi Fallen Order. Remember when the the main Sith or the the Inquisitor, she's like, Oh, you're um, you taught you were taught by so and so because you fight uh, stance whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you said that, that that It clicks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I like I think I just, I love the scene because it's in this really cool, dark, snowy forest, and it's it's shot really well. The colors are really great. You can really feel the impact of the lightsabers, and Ray does beat Kylo Ren, albeit a weakened Kylo Ren, um, that was trying to convert her instead of kill her, but... Then we we kind of are left up to interpretation for the next, like you said, coach, three years, for until the last Jedi, um. And then we we kind of just get the ending where. Ray comes down, and I think I do think this scene is very bad and weird. Ray comes back down to the planet that Leia was on the the rebellion base. Yep. Gets out, and hugs Leia. Yes. And if you think about it, that scene makes absolutely no sense in the context exactly. of the plot. Because she had not sad. even met Lay at that point.
1: Sure. It doesn't make sense plot-wise. But, like, again, this is, like, as the audience member, like, it makes perfect sense to us. You know? It, like, it's, it's, it's super weird. And, like, I agree that it's, like, bad. Because it doesn't make sense contextually within the movie. But also, like, that is a language that the movie spectator completely understands. Cause it's just like the person who's with her husband's for death. And then like this woman who we spent our entire childhood childhoods with, you know? And so like, it makes like, it makes sense. And then it's only like, after we're just like, wait, how does she know her? <laughs> like, yeah, you're you right. Know, it's, it's like, at the moment you're just like, okay, thank God. I'm glad like Leia got to hug someone. But then you're like, wait, it, why her? That doesn't check it, out at all. <laughs>
2: right. And the thing is, is it wasn't just a hug. Like, you know, it was a hug. Like, she was a family member. And, exactly. that, and that sticks to me. It sticks to me to this day when I watch that scene, that that's not a regular hug. Yeah. So,
0: it, it, and I know that's nitpicky, very much... but
1: no, that's not nitpicky. I totally agree that she was clearly supposed to be someone like recognizable. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, like if she just like, cause Finn was saying like, I got to save my friend Ray. And I'm sure like, it be like, who the fuck is Ray? Like, who is that? And then it's just like, right. then she sees her and she's like, Oh, it's you. You know, like yeah. there totally could have been something like that, but they're just, God, what a, what a weird topsy turvy journey
0: yeah. that was. Um, and then we get another weird scene that I think echoes that at the end, where Ray comes down. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess I'm forgetting a giant part where R2D2 wakes up and shows the rest of the map. Uh, which is a cool scene. I, I like the R two D two wake up. Oh, so I, love R2, man. I love R R2- two. I love R two. It's cool. It's also B2-D3's weird. Super excited.
1: Where it's it's also weird where it's just like, all right. So like you're telling me you couldn't take out like the flash card in R two and like figure out the map to Luke Skywalker yeah. like an hour and a half ago. Like like that's yeah. like more of like a
0: plot point where I'm like, eh, whatever. It doesn't make much sense why R two D two woke up then unless he's exactly something sort of Ray. And again, it's like I oh, because the
1: cameras were on now. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, and so like again, that's like ah, oh, that's whatever. But it's also like. Yeah, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't matter. So I'm not going to be upset about it.
0: But then we do get another weird scene that is cool at first. It was only until later when I, I watched it again and thought about it. When Ray walks up to Luke and extends the arm out for the lightsaber. And then neither of them say anything or move for like 45 seconds as the camera swirls around them. And it looks cool at first. And then you're like, wait a second. That's pretty weird. <laughs>
1: I love that scene. I love that scene so much. Like just from like a technical, because like they clearly shot that on location. They clearly yeah. shot it in like one take. I'm just like, that's really impressive.
0: Yeah. Like, I just wish she would have been like, "Are you Luke Skywalker? <laughs> <laughs> or am I in the right spot? Please." You know? <laughs> like, does this look familiar? <laughs> <laughs> look what I got. <laughs> But yeah, and I think the reveal of Luke at the end, I remember being really hyped up about that. I was like, oh man, there he is. There's Luke. And the movie ended, and I just wanted more. You know, I just wanted more at the end of episode seven. I was just so thrilled about that movie with a lot of questions that unfortunately oh, yes. would not be answered the way I thought they would later on. Before. Especially like,
2: who is Snoke? That was one of the biggest questions, along with yes. whose parents are Ray, right? That's what yes. we wanted to know. And in episode eight, we didn't get really anything.
1: Also, this is going to yeah. sound so dumb, but I want you guys to be completely honest. So, like, as the planet's crumbling and, like, Domhnall Gleeson or whatever is, like, talking to Snoke, and we get, like, that giant projection of Snoke,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I legit thought Snoke was 30 feet tall. Oh,
0: really?
1: <laughs> Did anyone else think that he was just, like, a super large imposing dude? Like, I thought this was, like, Star Wars, like, getting a little weird again, which I was super <laughs> into. Um right. And so I got that impression, and then like, of course, I'm just like, oh well, I'm an idiot. Like, of course. It's no, just like I, did, five, I didn't think five that. eight and old. <laughs>
0: like, I just thought, I just thought he it was like the imposing like emperor status type sure, of Snoke, sure, sure. Or he was like, I'm. They make this giant hologram to honor him, but um, there. I don't know if you guys remember there was a lot of theories about Snoke. Yes. When he was coming out, about like maybe he was Darth Plagueis. Uh, maybe he was. I remember Mace Windu being tossed around in there. They were analyzing like the scar on the head and the and the, and the face, um, in the ring.
1: I never thought it would be Palpatine because I thought that would be so lazy. I was yeah. like, "That's so dumb." There's no way they're gonna do that. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, I as like a fan of the comics, I'm like, maybe it's a clone of Palpatine because, like, the Dark Empire series, like,
2: yeah, they did that in the Dark Empire series. <laughs>
1: Well and also like the star killer base isn't that different than like the gun they made in the Dark Empire series. So I thought that was like right. a big inspiration. Um But yeah, I, I really wanted to be uh plagiarist because like I was like, oh maybe we'll finally get an explanation for who that dude is and
2: Yeah. But 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 uh Palpatine took him out.
1: Yeah, but also like if he has the ability to like, you know, create Take life
0: death. and, and yeah. escape death, I'm just like, okay, let's see how good he was at that. Yeah. Right. so and then that wraps up episode seven um any closing thoughts about episode seven gentlemen
2: it's a good movie it felt very star wars
0: mm-hmm.
2: but it just it missed on a few things well a little bit more than a few but um it's it's one it's my favorite one of the sequel trilogy I'll put it that way okay
1: it's funny. I remember liking it, and then, like, the longer I went without it, I was just like, uh, I mean, like, it's kind of boring, actually, mm-hmm. you know. And then I saw uh, Last Jedi, and Last Jedi made me like Force Awakens a lot more
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I didn't like Last Jedi the first couple times I saw it. I really had like a, a big turnaround with that. And then I saw, and I still didn't like the Last Jedi. And then I saw the Last Skywalker, or like Sky, the Rise of Skywalker. I can't even remember what Episode Nine is called. And then that made me really like The Last Jedi. And so it's like every Star Wars movie that came out just made me appreciate the one that came out before it so much more. Um, well,
2: that's similar to me with the Clone the Clone Wars animated series. Once I, I remember a few years ago um, when all of the steelbook cases, the individual steelbook yeah. cases were coming out. I'm like, I'm not going to get one and two because I'm not a big fan of those. But then I went back and watched him after watching all of the Clone Wars and Rebels, and I'm like, oh my god, this is better than what I give it credit for. So, of course, I got the still books on that. Sure. So,
0: I have yeah. liked the prequels more the further I've gotten away from them. I still don't like Episode 1 because I think there's too much nonsense that goes on in Episode 1. Well, there's too much
1: exposition, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I'll, I'll drop a bombshell on you guys i've loved episode seven from the moment i saw it and the only time i stopped really liking it was because i watched it too much and i had to take a break and i came back (laughs) episode seven is my second favorite star wars movie of all time oh that's That's awesome yeah it is it is is my second favorite star wars movie of all time um and i have a really weird ranking on my star wars movies but i i absolutely love episode seven and i i when I watch it, I try to remember the context in which I watched it the first time before I knew what episode eight and nine were, because when I think about episode eight and nine, it kind of ruins episode seven for me. And the, the mysterious nature of episode seven, where we had so many questions and they set up these great mysteries. Um, but when, I, when, you, when I watch it in a vacuum, I absolutely love episode seven. I think it's fantastic. It's, you know, especially that, that final scene, that lightsaber fight at the end um unfortunately i don't think it ever reaches the sequel trilogy ever reaches that level ever again but i think it's the top for me
1: it's really interesting i want to save this for episode eight but like i think the fact that episode eight takes place immediately after episode seven is a problem oh okay and I think the fact that, like, episode nine takes place, it doesn't seem, like, that long after. Because there's, like, years between episodes four and five. And there's, like, years yes. between five and six. Although it doesn't feel like years in five and six. It's just, like, it's in not, five it's years. It's not
0: shown well yeah. in the original trilogy. But there is, like, a long time between the movies. I don't think there's a long time, is there? Yeah, there is. There's, like, two or three years between episodes well, Two or three, and, yeah. Or between episodes, like, two and three. And then, like, a year between episodes, like... Or not two and three, um, three and four and then or, uh, four and five and then like five and six. Yeah. But then like, like
1: episode yeah. eight takes place literally like minutes after episode yes. seven, which I think yeah. is like a big problem. I do and I'll, I'll go into like why I think that's a big problem when we do our episode eight, because I assume we're doing that next. Right.
0: I can't wait. I've had a blast doing this.
1: Yeah, this is super fun. Also, I don't think the next one's going to be three hours because we don't have to talk about. Right. <laughs> reintroducing ourselves to Star Wars or Star Wars reintroducing itself to our lives, however you want to yes. look at it.
0: Because um, that took up like a solid 45 minutes to an hour we're at (laughs) at
2: 258
0: so yeah (laughs) i hope you guys enjoyed oh Um, i loved
2: every second of
0: it brother yeah i
1: loved it too this is great and
0: we will reconvene uh for episode eight i hope the audience members you guys listen to i hope you enjoyed the more of an open aired conversation around episode seven that wasn't full of rage and more of honest discussion. That's what I'm, I was kind of looking for with the sequel trilogy. Um, it's more honest discussion about Star Wars, man, because there's just not enough of it. It's always just one side or the other and fighting constantly. And it's not, it's not enough to be a Star Wars fan. You have to be a fan of a certain special part of Star Wars. nowadays. Right. So,
2: I think if they, real quick before we end, if they were to do an animated series similar to Clone Wars, but in this time area, I think it would do a lot of justice. It would help fix a lot, I think.
0: There's a lot of rumors.
1: I don't love the Clone Wars cartoon. And like, I don't think I've even finished it just because there was like episodes that Netflix added. And then there was episodes that Disney added. And it's like, I don't know what I've seen and what I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. But I will say that that stuff definitely made me appreciate the prequels more. Right. And so I think if there's like more, like sort of like world building, between episode seven and eight and then eight and nine. Like, I think that would actually go a long way towards like winning people over. Cause I think the clone wars eventually won people over on the prequels.
0: Yes. I think so too. And there's a lot of rumors from really reputable sources that say the next season of Mandalorian is going to be a time skip into the sequel trilogy. And that we're going to see Ray back as a Jedi.
2: Well, if you think about it,
0: the yeah. Mandalorian I mean, I mean, is yeah, the too. Mandalorian
2: is like a year before uh, the 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 uh, Force Awakens, it's like really close. I thought I it was like so. twenty
1: years before the Force Awakens. Is like, I, like I thought it's, Force yeah. Awakens was like twenty five years after Return okay. of the Jedi, and then the Mandalorian was like five years after. Okay, Return no, of the Jedi. I'm sorry.
2: So Battle of Jakku is it's I think it's I think that's it. That's the Boba Fett is like a year after the Battle of Jakku. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's where.
0: All right, gentlemen, I'm going to stop recording before we start rambling on about The Mandalorian and rumors and speculation. So I'm sure we'll get there at some point. Thank you guys for joining me. I really enjoyed this. I appreciate you sitting down for three hours. Um, And we will do this again for Episode 8. Hell yeah. Peace.